Trash. Trash. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. I am reporting live from my half bath, um, my half bathroom. For those of you not aware of the real estate term of a half bathroom, it means there's no shower in here. You can only poop and wash your hands. I guess you can pee as well. Okay, great. (laughs) This week on the show... Joe Woods of the Joe Woods Band or the Joe Woods Experience. It's not the Joe Woods Experience. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to confuse you. Uh, Joe is a, a awesome artist. He uh, he's a singer songwriter, singer songwriter, and has been uh, has been doing the Toledo scene here for over ten years. I mean, the dude's just born into music. So, anyways, we'll get into Joe in a minute here. First, I wanted to say Ray Mystique's new album, or EP, I guess, it's a six-song EP, is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Tidal, Amazon Music, anywhere you can stream, it is available now. Um, the biggest question we got when we released our album was, where do I get it? Even though it says clearly in the post where to get it, um, people were still curious. But it's okay. We, it's a good thing because that means people are interested. Uh, so go to R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. That's rainmystique.com and check out. You can get the physical copies there. And um, just, a, just a note that the physical copies won't be mailed out until after January 5th. Or on January fifteenth or after, so we got a few going out. Um, we're 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 just we're just waiting. We're waiting for them to get here. So the if you want the physical copy, just keep that in mind. Also, you can get the signed physical copy. So in any case, thank you. Uh, Rainmystique.com, new album ten eighteen. Anyways, uh, you can check out the non barren wasteland that is the we speak English good.net. We've updated the website and it looks better now. So go check that out if you want. Um, you can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking and how we're doing over here. Um, you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher. Automatic, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, uh, leave a review, share it, like it, whatever you can do, it helps. And uh, it, we just had another spike in listenership, which was weird. Um, I guess it's not that weird, but it, it's kind of weird. So I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone tuning in, uh, the new people who are coming in. Hi, hello, I'm doing my awkward opening here so but we're about done with that um, uh yeah so write the show leave a review check out the 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 website the newly updated website and check out rain mystique's new album 1018 at rain r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com 
Oh yes, and before we we go to Joe here, uh, Skanks Roots Project, my reggae band that I am still active with out in San Diego. We are going to be playing South by Southwest, I think on the 16th or 17th, one of those days. It's either a Friday or Saturday at the Flamingo on 6th Street. And and the Flamingo is is Austin's very own reggae bar. So um, they're amazing. I love love the owner. She's incredible. And um, they had us back last summer after we went uh, to South by last spring. So last year, last spring, we played the Flamingo, and then they had us back in the summer, and now we're going back again for South By, so we're super excited about that. Just got my airline confirmation in my email box, Uh, so we are good to go. So I'll see you guys in Austin. Of course, we're going to be doing the gorilla interviews. So anyways, that's that for now, so let's head over to Joe. Joe Woods, everybody. Hey. Poop, pop, pop. Your microphone's poop, cover is way better than poop. mine. <laughs> well, I took it from you because um, this is my treasure troll. Right, it looks not, like a troll. It's not because it's not because you're not worthy of my treasure right. troll. It's only because it can get distracting to people when their Start faces chewing on it. Well, you know exactly, and they'll tickle their faces. Right. Be, <laughs> you know, it's like it's weird. It's meant for this. Yeah. Thing. Is that like a zoom? This is this is my little Zoom H4n. Yeah. This is the I think the original one. I know they got a newer one out. That's pretty badass. Yeah, those things are great. I love I've it. I've done um, I did a like a music video, like overdub music video, mm-hmm. and all she used was she did the video, but we just recorded off of that. Yeah, like all the audio and. Sound good. Yeah, came yeah. out great. Solid. Yeah, no, it, it's it's totally like for a room mic, it's great. Right. Because right. the XY config yep. is beautiful. Yep. Um, I have a friend who actually uses these XYs as um, a match pair for overhead recording. Oh no for shit. For drums. For drums. Yeah. Which you're a drummer. Right. And, Which and, would work great. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do. And he just you once in a while, you know, for like just, an overhead thing. Yeah, right. yeah. Just yeah. and there's like a little line out, so you can kind of like yep. capture and line out, you know, so you don't have to like take this wavelength and mm-hmm. match it up. You can just go directly and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of uses for this thing. I mostly use it to like bootleg concerts and uh, there you do go. this. <laughs> yeah. Which which is another weird part of this show has taken is that i do bootleg shows what's your what's your last bootleg show uh hookahville 50 really uh, uh billy strings and um uh and so you're like really into jam bands uh not really but now that i'm back in toledo i, I moved yeah. back here by i was wondering you said you like weren't familiar with like the toledo bar scene no so. you're like who the fuck is this guy yeah. <laughs> well, I, well i am kind of um, so I moved back here not, uh, last September, not this one. So a little over a year. All right. And um, but from here, f- I am from here. I'm f- originally from uh, Adrian, Michigan, or right. Jasper, Michigan. All right. Um, and then we moved to Toledo here. Uh, Toledo. Toledo. Um, Toledo. Toledo. <laughs> whatever you prefer. Um, Toledo. Toledo. Okay. I moved to Toledo when I was about twelve or thirteen, and then moved to Oregon. And so, twenty three. I was. So like, you've been oh, here for a while. 
I've been here for a while, but when I was 23, I bounced. All right. And then, um, and then I just came back last September. So. Gotcha. So yeah, I don't know a lot of people. So when I first got back in the town, I was like, I, I knew like some people from like before the before right, time. Right, right. And then I, uh, and then I've just been meeting new people, and mostly through this. Yeah. The podcast is actually open. It's a good way to do it. I think so, because I was really worried about breaking into a new scene, because that's always a challenge for musicians relocating. Yeah. And, and you're breaking into like a scene. That is newly developing. I think so. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that's what everybody was saying. Yeah. Because they're just like, in the last two years even, it's yeah. kind of taken off. Yeah. Uh, How long have uh, you been here? My whole life. Oh, okay. Born and raised in Toledo. Um, lived in the suburbs in Maumee. Mommy. So, Mommy. <laughs> that's what my wife called it. I actually, where we're, li- where we're at right now, I'm living three blocks from the house I grew up in. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So... Didn't stray too far away from home. <laughs> That's okay, man. But but so you, uh, what's what's great is because you have seen the development of uh, yes. of the city. And when I was here, uh, the one of the main reasons I left was because I felt like there was nothing here musically. Yeah. And for a long time, I, I believed that to be true. There was some like people who were like making it, doing making it work, maybe right. with a right. daytime job and stuff, but. I think this is the first time in Toledo, maybe Toledo hit, well, no, not, it can't be, because back in the 40s and 20s, I think, even, Toledo was kind of a happening jazz. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, especially downtown. Mm. Uh, definitely, I would say in the 40s, if yeah. I've seen pictures of right. downtown oh, crowded Toledo. crowded streets. Yes. Crowded streets. The trolley was out there. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and you know it's funny like when you I, I, my dad was a big band enthusiast so I like swing music my dad was a drummer for big bands oh amazing and so, a jazz drummer so he you know exactly who Gene Krupa is you know yeah. exactly yep. who Glenn Miller and, yep um, Count Basie all those motherfuckers uh, so like uh, that was when you see those old movies like. Um, like the Benny Goodman story or like the Gene Krupa story, they there always seems to be like a stop in Toledo mm-hmm. for some reason. Just a re- <laughs> well, we used to have like one of the biggest jazz cafes called Rusty's. Oh, if you're familiar with that, which is I not am. far from here. Is that still going actually? Uh, it is not Rusty's. Now it's a corner bar. Oh, okay. Um, but my dad, being a jazz drummer, mm. I spent a lot of time in Rusty's Jazz Cafe, which has a very rich history of some of the best jazz music uh, between like Detroit and Cleveland, Chicago, and Chicago. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a big stop, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they even had like Etta James at one point had come through and stopped in just to hang out and sing some tunes with the house band. And yeah. So unfortunately, it went under. I mean, and that wasn't too long ago. Went under, right? That was uh, that's not uh, comparative within how- the last ten to fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, because Murphy's it hasn't been gone for that long. Either. No, that's only been a few years. Yeah, yeah. which was like uh, another last staple, of right? Toledo for the jazz community. Yeah, I but- feel bad for the jazz artists in this town because they. Oh, this is for you, by the way. Oh, thank you. They uh, they've got next to nothing to play in i feel so bad there's really no real places for them to play here uh so there was this you know it seems like every time they open one up they ends up shutting down there was this place uh here in mommy right now the name is escaping me uh my dad played there every wednesday <laughs> and i can't think of the name of it 
you know, small jazz club, old historic building here in Maumee, and uh, it lasted. It had a good couple year run, and yeah. you know, just diminished. And they have like a jazz society. Oh wow! Yeah, here in Toledo. Yeah, yeah. and it's my bad, Toledo. Toledo. Um, okay, so so your dad, so your dad's still active. Uh, not as much as he used to be, being that, um, with age, hmm. you know, he still down. plays, still yeah. plays. I hope, I hope when I hit, you know, 73 years old that <laughs> I'm still out there gigging like he can and still playing is he, the man practices more than any musician I've ever met. Wow. Mm. What, do you know what kind of his practice routine is or do you know what he kind of he sticks on? like, uh, well, it's changed because he grew up learning out of books mm. but he has discovered the internet Ooh. so he can so youtube youtube and he like uh he like pays for like there's like people who put on like i guess you would call like maybe seminars or like uh practice books but instead of being a book they just teach you and you just watch the videos and they give you lesson plans yeah, and he yeah, learns yeah, that yeah. way and Keeps his brain sharp, keeps his hands That's loose. So and, cool. yeah. I love that. And like, he's probably just like a, the smartest guy. He and, like, can recall shit like that. Yeah, and he he uh, he can play things. It's hard to explain. Instead of like sitting down as a drummer and just like playing a beat, he like stretches hard and like learns like weird polyrhythms. And you know, instead of just like learning how to play two and four he like tries to stretch out and learn the harder things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 He pushes himself. Yeah. He's yeah. still pushing himself. Yeah. Still at as 70, much as he can. 73, 73. Still yeah. Pushing I himself. hope to God at 73, I still have that kind of ambition. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Like, uh, you can only hope, you can only hope that like all the improper ways that I play my instruments don't catch up. With right. Me and I have right. a tunnel at right. 45. And right. I'm sitting there reconfiguring my entire life and identity. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my whole identity is wrapped up <laughs> in this shit. Right. So, I mean, is, do, did he have a day job or does he just. Yeah, he always had a day job. So there's, there's four of us, me and my three sisters. Oh, okay. And uh, he was a railroader. Mm. He. It's like tough being that I'm a gigging musician and I can never complain about anything because he's done way more. Yeah. Raised four kids, gigged as much as I am. Working you know? what? Like what? 60 hour weeks or something? Yeah, crazy? you know? <laughs> and weird hours. Yeah. Like not just a nine to five. Like yeah. a lot of times, like having to be on the road with the railroad and uh, like, man, I worked. 40 hours this week dad and i had two gigs he's like that wasn't fucking easy week man like that was <laughs> why are you even telling me right that <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so he's retired now and he just he's retired both my parents i have i come from a pretty musical family my oh, my mom's a great vocalist probably the best vocal coach i could think anybody could have she can she can in one she can sit down and make you sing better than you've ever sang in a heartbeat yeah and just know the ins and out she's been singing in a chorus an all-female chorus they're called the sweet adelines um and it's all female all acapella chorus that consists of i don't know the exact number i could say they could have like 30 to 50 women oh, wow. up there 
and it's all in harmonies. It's kind of barbershop oriented where they have lots of harmony and there's no no backing band or backing track or like any accompaniment. Mm. And uh, she's done that. My earliest memories are her going to do the Sweet Adelines and she's always been a singer. And, uh, and she still does that? Uh she still does that, not with the Sweet Adelines anymore, but she will. She's always singing. Like mm-hmm. singing is her thing. Yeah. She's. She's the smallest bass you'll ever meet. Oh wow! Yeah. Cool. She, she, was she a was she a stocky woman? I'm not nope, trying to call no, your mom. No, she's that. a tiny, tiny little. And she just you look right here behind you. That's my oh, mom and my dad look there. Yeah. Look at these guys. She's Mr. like Mrs. a bass Wood. baritone, I would say. Wow. Um, I love. Yeah, that. lower register. I love that. That's cool. I always like women with deep voices. My right. wife's the same way, but she, she, she has a nice high register too. But yeah. she can be like, Whoa, yeah. Like, uh, do, you, do you know who Tony Braxton is? Uh, yeah, right. So she has like I, Tony Braxton levels of low. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I like that. That's awesome, man. So you, so you just really didn't have a choice in the matter. I mean, you were just gonna whether or not you decided to be a musician. Right. They never. My parents, thankfully, never. Well, they never forced it, but right, it never was forced it, but it was always there to have, and and it was never like a question to like want to do it. Yeah, you know, it's just like was ingrained, and you know, we would do like uh, my sister. I have three sisters. One of my sisters is also a very great vocalist. She sings um, on. She, if you've heard my album, she was singing. The female voice on my album is my sister. Oh, okay, awesome. And she sings live with me a lot, and she's an incredible harmonizer. She also sang, um, like, in the select choir, I believe. If you're listening, Jeannie, I was thinking of a select choir. Um, but she was in a barbershop quartet. She has a phenomenal ear for harmony. Oh, I love that. That I envy. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the worst Dude. harmonizer that ever existed. <laughs> Uh, so it's great to have, you know, especially with family. Yeah. Because we uh, have like the same vocal construction. Yeah, yeah. And then can sing together. And For sure. I've never even thought about it on that level. Like that's, those family band. That's like, a, that's that's something my, like a, a theory my dad has that like when families sing together, it's because they grew up talking together. Yeah. So you kind of like mimic each other's voice. Exactly. And they start singing together. Yeah. Things yeah, yeah. blend way better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're of the source, right? Right. You're, right. <laughs> you're, that's, that's a really cool uh, way of looking at yeah. it. Because there has to be some, some kind of base. Yeah. I mean, there's sure there's a, a group of brothers. They're called the Whiteheads. Danny, uh, Alex, and Johnny Whitehead. Mm. And we call them the family harmonizers. These three brothers just melt together. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do they play out? They do. They're in a band called Breaking Ground. They've uh, they've kind of been off and on. You know, they've had you know getting jobs and and having kids and having life. They've you know a great band from Toledo, and they've I know they have some gigs coming up. Um, but they've always been great to listen to just because those harmonies are yeah. like, you can't mimic that. I mean, there's just, the, a band can be awesome and like have, and have like a bad singer or a singer who can't carry the band or, right. or at least stand above the band. And right. it's just, it, it just sort of kills it for me. Um, but, uh, 
you know, like you see a crappy band, like not crappy band, but like a band that's just okay and has like incredible harmonies. Right. You're like, okay, I know where that energy is going. Right, right. I like what I see. Right, absolutely. It, it, because because uh, people are always going to kind of gravitate towards the voice and the rhythm, of course. But right. like, but like what they see, what people, mostly people see is like they're seeing the vocalists, right? Right. They're the ones who talking to them. Right. And unwittingly, they're bobbing their head to the drummer and the bass. But, like, you know, they're, like, listening. And, you know. Right. So, I mean, on that level alone, on that level, that basic level of, of like, that, like, of, of communication, of just a guttural sound is, like, you're going to listen to that. And right. And that's going to stick out to you just from, just from fucking, you know, generations of communication uh-huh. and how even back in the caveman days, I'm sounding like an idiot right now. <laughs> people did cavemen sing to each other yeah i mean but they had to have some kind of weird way of communicating you know like right just just right. Ut- the utterance of sound and stuff like, and like that just, like in your dna it's instilled that you have Thank to like you. it's in our genetics like you, we have to communicate somehow right just waving my hands around is not doing anything <laughs> maybe i make something with my voice right ah <laughs> right oh, okay yeah. over there I that grunt it. was really loud i think he's pissed off yeah all right i'm out, I'm out. <laughs> right yeah it, it, so i mean just on that level i guess there has to be some kind of like crazy like just attraction to voice yeah, uh, yeah. But okay, so you uh, so you came from a musical family, so yep. you had a good foundation. Like, yeah, thank you, thank God. Did you have lessons? Did your dad teach you, um, or were you just? I think yeah, for drums, my dad definitely. Because you're a multi instrumentalist. No, it started out on drums. Start. Um, just as my dad being a drummer, and I think he he was. He wasn't like dead set that I would be a drummer. He was just hoping out that he could pass down. Uh, drumming to me and I definitely took to it like I think like rhythm was just kind of in my blood and uh, I can like like early memories of like because at the at the foot like grow, my parents that house that's like just where I grew up <laughs> my parents just moved out of the house I want to say two years ago three years ago two or three years ago uh but up until then, I, that was the house. That's where I lived. Mm. And at the foot of my parents' bed was my dad's drum set that he always he's always practiced. Like, I've never seen anybody with a practice regiment like my father. And I, I can remember just, like, hearing a practice, and I would, like, go up and jump in my parents' bed and, like, shut my eyes and just, like, like roll around or, like, it be in the beat with him while he was just like jamming out like yeah, 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 yeah. and i could spend time just sitting there like feeling out his rhythm and he like bought me a drum kit when i was real young maybe like four or five showed me like a shuffle and a swing beat and a rock beat and i don't know just kind of went from there he was just like all right yeah <laughs> right, <laughs> go yeah. get it tiger right there you go okay cool so but i mean he was available to you, like if you were like, "Hey, Dad, can you show me?" Blah blah blah. Oh, blah, he would love it. We would do. Um, I don't know what the book is that we worked out of, and it's like a pretty infamous book for drummers. Like feel a Mel bad Bay that it, or something. I couldn't even tell you the name of right it. On. It was like a snare drumming book. Uh-huh. Like it was like built off of like just snare drumming, like learning rhythms or you know techniques, and and they had duets in it. Which were really simple. They were like just quarter note, eighth note, sixty note right. duets. Yeah. And probably like by the time I was like eight, 
we would just like play through these duets together, just on you know on a snare drum together that had like split parts and. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, it was. It was so great. your dad had to break down like rhythm to you. Yeah, and, and taught me how to read. Like yeah. that was, I think. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm some fucking profound drummer or anything, but <laughs> I think just uh, just an advantage he gave me at a young age. Instead of just like being like, here you go, boy, here's the drum kit, just bang away. Yeah. Was like, here, I'll teach you how to read these notes. Yeah. And so, like, when it got to like, like fifth grade, when you could, like, that's when you first got to audition for like concert band, Mm -hmm. was in fifth grade, and we had like an audition process. I, thankfully, from him, was probably reading music at like, a freshman level mm-hmm. at like nine years old. Yeah. And just so cause just I was like, like 16 through. notes, like I got those like in a heartbeat, but that that's like, which, you know, I feel like is super important for drummers is uh, I think too many drummers get caught up in just like wanting to be behind the kit, mm-hmm. like immediately. Yeah. And just want to bang around, hit cymbals and crash away yeah, yeah, yeah. and not go down to like the fundamentals. And he like instilled that on me. Yeah. What man, you're absolutely right. I was just talking because I did a podcast earlier today, and it was with a drummer who yeah. was also a multi instrumentalist. Uh, but he uh, he was saying the same shit. He was just like, you know, like people forget that there's fundamentals, there's rules, right? But right. like, um, it, I mean, you hear it from great players all the time. Is like learn the rules so you can break them. Right. It's like right. You, you learn you learn your foundation so you can like blow it out of the water right. because that's the point of being an artist is changing right. everything about what you're about right. what you're trying to express or whatever right and i'm sure buddy rich didn't just get back behind the drum set and do exactly what he was doing well but the funny thing about gene krupa is like he couldn't read until he was in his, well into his adult years yeah so that is somebody who just was like i'm banging right. away right who was able to you know because you can become something without that right because i'm one of well I I should I shouldn't um, I'm lying because I had I had a strict nun smacking my fingers with a drumstick every time I fucked up on the snare because I saw oh, the snare oh you I all right as the drum right. as well cool um I mean there's just something being a little boy about banging away at drums for right. me for you you're it's all like that seeing, pen up kind of like you know especially angst around, and especially around here too like you, you yeah, I've been talking to my wife about this because she's from SoCal. And so she she's kind of getting the lay of the land now. Yeah, she really likes it here. Is um, this like her when she gets to the Midwest? Just like recently. Yeah, well, she's visited over the years. All right, but like this is like. I was gonna say, if you come from Cali and you come to the Midwest, you're probably like, "What is the fuck is going on over she here?" She loves it. She thinks really? it's the greatest thing ever. She just loves the people. She loves the weather. Yeah. She loves just loves like, the seasons. I bet she likes that people say yes to her here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as opposed to what? As opposed to no. Oh, like, just um, as because we we book shows and we do stuff and and it's it's the competition in San Diego is just rather harder. I, I bet I bet it's, it's phenomenally harder, especially when it's like a solo artist who's trying to like get their name out. Like for me, it was easier because I'm I'm multi instrumentalist who can play well in any situation. So well, so wait, hold on. Let me stop here one sure, second. Sure, sure. I'm getting off topic no no you're fine because i we've only met once yes your wife is the female you play with yes i did not know that because i've been listening to your guys's music for the past week since we became facebook friends Oh, nice. she has got a phenomenal voice great yeah wow she's classically trained i didn't know that i just knew that you had talked about your wife but i didn't know that this was the situation i think that's awesome that you two are like out there playing music together oh thanks man yeah it's that's fun. awesome it has its trials and tribulations i'm sure it does <laughs> but i think anything in life has both right. of those right and and it's been great well and also like 
we just got a grant from the art commission. Yeah, you told for, me about that. Yeah, so I like, need to apply for that. You do. Oh yeah, yeah, I told you. I was like, you need yeah, to apply yeah, for this yes. because you can fucking finish your next <laughs> right. album too. Right. You too can finish your <laughs> album uh, for just writing an essay, which is an incredible thing. Which goes back to like the growth of the city and yeah. the music scene here. But what were we just talking about? Because we were just talking about. Oh, uh, we're talking about the competition in the town. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, for yeah. a second. Oh wait, but. There was, it was something about before that. You <laughs> specifically, not about me, but anyway, she likes that people are more prone. To yeah, they yes. say yes instead of no, instead and of no. yeah, and yeah. and because she is a solo artist who's trying right, to right. Know, get, gain exposure, it's it's hard. It's hard because like you're just another face and another voice, and right? Like, whereas I can travel in many circles because I can jump in on the keys over here, jump right. in on the bass over here, right? And so it makes makes me a little bit more right. horrible. I can imagine like the competition between here and LA where like mm. especially if like if you're an artist that's just trying to like play in front of people. If that's like where you where you really thrive is that you just get to play. Mm. Like that whole co- like I can only imagine what it's like in LA where you just want to play for people where it's like yeah. You I don't know. I know some like in Nashville there's places where you got to pay just to oh, play well, in front that's of people. What I was about to say in Los Angeles, San, Di- San Diego as well. If, yeah. if you're just starting out, you're playing like you're bringing I think comedians call them bringer shows, but yeah. that's basically what it is. You're just you're selling tickets and you have to sell so many tickets in order Man. to go on stage. And that's a real bummer and it's a very big deterrent, but I also think that um it might not be fair, but this is not a, a, a business of fair and like no. you know, there's just, no straight trajectory right. to the top. You know, like there is It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat. And you don't have to be that but you have to have a mentality of you know um you don't have a have a, a cutthroat mentality of like fuck it i'm just step on motherfuckers and step right. people in the back and do right. what i gotta take and there are people out there like that there's still some people like that in toledo <laughs> which is fine like that's fine if you want if that's what you aspire to be mm-hmm. you you really have that kind of ambition i hope it takes you further than you can imagine but but there is a mentality of uh, I don't know the way I see it is like I go to battle and like and like and these are the my battle mates and like we're going to battle right. we're, like taking on shit like I don't know like you, it's just you gotta have a focus and determined mentality right and you really have to be able to get past um, the no's you know right like people telling you no or telling you that you're not good enough right or that you right. Are, there's a lot because when somebody's telling you that that you're not good enough, in my mind, they're just telling you you're not my taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true too. But then there is, um, there are people who do need to go back and work on their basics. Right, right. <laughs> you need to be able to hit yeah. notes <laughs> if you want to sing. Yeah. You got to be able to hit notes. Um, I, I think if someone is good and you can see the goodness or see their light. Or, um, and you still choose to shit on that because it's not in your taste. Right. I think that you're a piece of shit. Right. Y- right. You don't really understand music like, right. y- like you should. Like because y- talent is talent, hands right. down. Exactly. Whether it's talent of like you shredding on a banjo, mm-hmm. or you screaming, stru- screaming, yeah, or you being able to have strum three chords with the best rhythm that yeah. you ever heard. Like exactly. talent is talent. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Like a, a strong song, just because you don't know how to fucking play jazz fucking right. licks up and yeah. down your neck, but you write this incredible song that moves right. you to tears. It's right. like, ugh, what? 
You know, I mean, like, yeah. there's no denying uh, emotion and, like, someone who is able to elicit that, you know, fucking and just get up there and do it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's people who need work and there's people who just fucking, you know, are looking for their break, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, you... uh. You came up in the city. You came up through high school. Did you play in like the marching band or anything? Yep, I was in the drum line. Uh, you know Drew, your drummer. Do Me you and Drew, Drew marched uh, in the Toledo Glassman together. Oh, nice. For two years. Uh, How long ago was that? That was 2003 and 2004. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So Drew was still like in college and stuff, or he? Yeah, was Drew. I don't. I think Drew was in his freshman sophomore year of college, but I was in my junior and senior year of high school. Oh, I got you. Um, and the Glassman is that the place? Is that the one that's that's not really in the city? It's like kind of home base is out. The home base is in Wauseon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think he showed me the pl that place because we had a gig out in Angola. Oh, or something. yeah. So he would have passed it. So he was like, this "I can't believe that building is even still standing." And it's in the middle of nowhere. That's yes, it weird. is. And it's like this weird. It looks like a it was an old. Boys it was home. an old school. Yeah. It was, used to be a school. And uh, so weird. Yeah, and it was like cool. Like so, they like, got. Uh, Especially something in drum corps, like, it's like, you audition for this this drum corps, and these are people from all over. I mean, we had people from Japan, people down from Texas, and they're like, here you go, now you are a, a group. These are all people you don't know, and you have to wake up, you have to eat breakfast together, you have to shower together, you have to travel together. Yeah. You can't even freaking take a shit without somebody. Like you, yeah. you have no privacy. You have you are forced to be so close to these people that you don't even know, and for, and then all of a sudden the season ends and you just kind of like yeah. do your own thing. Came back next year, so like I I did that for two years with Drew, and like we became really close over those two. To you tour for like two and a half months and you become close to these people and then for 10 years i never saw drew <laughs> we were on facebook together but like you know we were just kind of like you know we were living our own separate lives he lived yeah. up in saginaw i think mm -hmm. and uh and all of a sudden i just get a message from drew like oh hey by the way i just moved to toledo do you still live here i'm like yeah yeah i do <laughs> he like came out to one of my gigs i'm like i haven't seen you in 10 years like yeah. You know, and like we were like, you you are forced to be inseparable. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you are in it with each other, and which is great. I think that like really like helped anybody that's involved with DCI Drum Corps International and March Drum Corps. Like you are forced to be shaped in the human. Like you have to choose who you want to be. Like right there. Like you have wow. to like figure yourself out because you ha you know. It's interesting that there's like a almost a military. Uh, it is aspect. military based. Yeah, like a drum corps is like even has core in it. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, not saying that we are like anywhere close to like military trained, <laughs> but it was not like just like some walk in the park where we're just mm. like, oh, let's have fun and we can play drums. Like you get up every morning, you run two and a half miles, and <laughs> and then you rehearse like. In the two and a half months that we, of our season, our touring season, the whole season kind of lasts the whole year because we're like mm -hmm. rehearsing and then during the summer, like you move, you move in together and then for like two or three weeks, every day you wake up in the morning, you run, you stretch, you get ready and you rehearse until the sun sets. Wow. You do that every day and then you go on tour. Nice. And, um, 
and it's not just some like little half fun let's just drum together kind of group like yeah. you're getting your butt kicked every day and out of those two and a half months two days you're allowed to have the whole day off yeah wow. only two of those days where you just like call them free days mm-hmm. like here you go like we went to like um i think one of them we were down in san antonio oh, we nice. spent a week down in san antonio doing like they do like a I don't know, maybe like a Texas tour or something they did down there. And, and they're like, one of these days, we'll let you all, you have the day off. Mm. You know, I chose my day off to sleep on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sleep deprived. Like, right, right. No, I, I, I know some, I, I tour somebody pretty frequently who is yeah. that guy who was just like, oh, you guys go see the Alamo. I'm going to fucking right, crash. Right, <laughs> yeah. Because it's so fucking exhausting, especially as you get older. I'm 35. All right. Yes, I'm 35, and fuck it, I'm still jumping into vans, and it just gets yeah, it gets harder, man. It gets harder. I'm sure it does. But the band that I mostly tour with is kind of weekend warriors because we're all in almost we're approaching middle age, right? And families, and right? Shit. So it's like we're gonna do this. We'll do this like South by Southwest run, and then we'll probably be chill until summer. And I'm, I think I'm gonna book like a, a Midwest run for those guys because most all of right. those are Cali cats. And they never even been like east of the Mississippi. Oh no so shit! So it's like, I want to bring their asses here because there right. is like this weird little the, the California roots reggae music is making its way over here. Yeah, um, there's a band called Revolution who everyone seems to know around here. Um, they're pretty popular out there. SoCal, anyways. Uh, so so you guys were touring, doing that. That that's a great I, I, that's a great way of like. Of the best possible way to tour. <laughs> have, yeah. you ever, have you ever done like like the worst possible way to tour? Right. It was like uh, it was pretty harsh touring conditions in this the aspect of like they gave you like a a, a pamphlet. Like every member of the core had like their own little pamphlet, and like you could kind of keep up, but like most of the times I wake up in the morning, and be like, "Where am I? <laughs> Let me look. Oh, I'm here." And like, uh, so our shows were at night, so like we would like you know. I guess the schedule of the day be like, wake up in the morning, uh, rehearse for the day, get in the bus, go to the show, do the show, and then at night travel to the next city. Mm. And we get to the next city. They try, you know, with the tour, they try to like pan it out pretty well. Like between three and six in the morning, we would get to the next city, mm-hmm. and then 150 people load off the bus, go to a we stayed in high schools, oh. go to the gymnasium, pull out your uh, air mattress. Oh. Sleep for about three hours on an air mattress, get up in the morning, rehearse, go to the show, do it over. That's still better than some of the tours. Yeah, right? (laughs) I bet. (laughs) That's still way cooler than some of the fucked up places I've been. Like, I remember one place we were in Fresno, which is like, I love the people there, but like that, that is a whole. It's it's Central California, and Central yeah. California is just all farmland and cesspools, like little right. cesspools that in the summer like burn your nostrils. From yeah, <laughs> and you know it's just cow piss and shit. Yeah, festering, and that's what Fresno Fresno smells like. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from Fresno. You know what? Fresno is not that bad a place. <laughs> like I said, the people are wonderful. I yeah. love the people in Central Valley. It's just a shitty place to live. It's like, sorry, guys. Yeah. I, mean, I don't live in the greatest and like what I'm sure they didn't move there. Place. I'm sure like families kept Yeah, them yeah. There. They just kind of got stuck there. <laughs> right. Just like everybody else gets stuck in their hometown. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> uh, we, 
we were supposed to go to we were gonna get a hotel but we were like well let's save some money and there's some cats we played with who was like, oh, you guys can crash at our house. We get there, like, they live with, like, one of the dude's dad who, like, sits yeah. there, who's an, uh, clearly an alcoholic who just sits there and drinks Bud right. Light all day and smokes, like, cheap cigarettes. Um, and the you walk in, there's the, the, the smell of piss attacks you. Uh, other than the one that's coming out from outside, the inside, the smell of piss attacks your nostrils immediately. Followed by fucking cigarette smoke. Like everybody is smoking cigarettes inside the house. And there's dogs jumping on you. Like the floor is like somehow completely <laughs> soaking wet. Yeah. Like it's like like that wet. <laughs> He's sticking to it. I'm like hitting dabs and like looking around like what are we fucking doing here? You know, yeah. like, uh, like drooling like, on myself. Where did how did my life <laughs> yeah. come to this? You question everything. Like yeah. you're so high. You're too high to be in public and like <laughs> too high to be in around in that environment. It's just like it's not a good wasn't a good time. and we ended up bouncing because uh one of the wives came on this run and they yeah were like, uh-uh, no right no. she laid down the law yeah she's like no we're not doing this right because they're like you can sleep on that couch and there's some dry carpet over there <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's any piss right there so if you want to i i it was just appalling i mean we basically just went there and just partied and then went to like a crackhead shooting stab motel yeah and that was fresno <laughs> sounds awesome. amazing it was I like you know in hindsight like that's the shit that's an experience yeah exactly and it's funny it's funny right. to tell people that good story to tell it is a good story to tell and uh it, but it, it does paint a good picture of like how fucked up it can get on the road yeah i bet so you did drum corps for how long uh just the two seasons i did my my junior and senior year of high school so when did you start picking up like the guitar and like start writing singing um, and doing all that man i think it was like my sophomore year of high school uh, so my mom had this like um, classical Yamaha guitar. Oh, like every she, mom does, right? Who play, Yeah, she bought it for like ninety bucks. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it was because we had this property up in Michigan, and it was just kind of like uh, our cottage. And I think it was like in downtime, she wanted to like learn how to play guitar. Bought yeah. a book, got a guitar, and and she you know went for it, but it, it kind of fizzled out. And so this guitar just sat. Hmm. Um. And in high school or middle school, probably about eighth grade, met a buddy who was like had interest in playing guitar and he started taking lessons and this is kind of a story I always tell about me playing guitar. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, he is this like was this phenomenal note taker. Like he would go to his lessons and like take these notes of his lessons uh-huh. that were like so well drawn out. <laughs> and he would like show them to me and I had this like fucking Latin guitar Yeah. that I'm, he's like, listen to this green day song. And I'm like playing power chords on nylon strings, yeah. you know, playing like every green day song. That's all power chords. And, and then I was like, and I'd always kind of sang, I never was like a legit singer, but I was like, could at least I had like pretty good pitch. And so I was like, wanted to like learn how to play these riffs. And then I think we're like, in high school was at like this bonfire and like this 
dude that was like from a different school where like at this bonfire there's like all these you know cute girls hanging around and and he's like he starts playing a, a Jimmy Eats World song you know oh, Jimmy Eats World. Yes, yes and he, he like played the whole you know the fact that he could play the whole song and everybody listened I was just like struck yeah. I was like that is so cool you know like <laughs> I wish I could entertain a crowd yeah. like that and like then this goal got my mind I was like <laughs> I want to like learn song but I don't want to like Learn songs to where I can only sing this part of it because this part's out of my range mm-hmm. or this part's too low out of my range. Like I want to learn a whole song and be able to perform a whole song, mm-hmm. and that was just like a and it just started from there. Like that was my goal: learn a whole song, and then. What was the first song? If you can remember. Fuck, I have no idea. What was your first song on guitar? Do you, what you were saying, Green Day? Was it some? No, that was just me learning, like learning yeah. how to play, like learn my way around the guitar, yeah, learning yeah, power yeah, chords. Totally. I don't know. Probably something super cheesy that I'm embarrassed about. Oh well, my like first, f- my first was "Smoke on the Water," which is a lot of guitar oh no, players. I can. I mean, yeah, I learned "Smoke on the Water" or like you know, my I first riff. Talking, Those yeah, are, riff. That's my first riff. Right, right. Or like uh, "Walk This Way." <laughs> yeah, that's complicated though. Like yeah. for like uh, someone right. first starting. I think I was like, I don't remember what the first ones I learned. Really, yeah, it don't matter. I, Probably I, like yeah. some like dashboard confessional song, like, <laughs> you know. I got yeah, like yeah, the yeah. emo phase, I was like, hand out the emo cats. Hey, that's like, okay. Hey, man, a couple John Mayer songs. I know I learned some Ooh. John Mayer songs in there. You know, I, I used to hate on all those, like, I, you call them pussy rock, that's what I would call them. Yeah, but now I'm just like, fuck, dude, John Mayer is just so soulful. And, oh, yeah, and you such know, an amazing guitar player. Oh, and he's just so good, like, yeah. so fucking good. And uh, I mean, and you know, even dashboard. Like I, I didn't really care for dashboard, but I love postal service. Like postal yeah, service oh yeah, incredible fucking. But that's uh, wasn't that wasn't no, it? that's um, Death Cat for Cutie. Yeah, I'm so uh, sorry. Ben Gibbard. Yeah, you're right. Oh, thank you for correcting me because I would have just went on. Like, I was gonna let you because I was dashboard gonna... is yeah okay. So dashboard is still out. Chris Caraba had another. He had another project though. I think it was called <laughs> like postal service. <laughs> <laughs> What was the name of that band? He did have he did have another band. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Further Seems Forever was Chris Caraba's second band, I believe. Mm. Okay, yeah, I never got into it. Uh, this is, I mean, I'm from Toledo. We were like emo town. So am I. <laughs> I'm from the same place. Uh, no, no, I got. I, I, I think, yeah, I think my trajectory with music was totally different. Yeah, I was like strictly like miles davis and fucking and and fusion and funk yeah. and like you know like if it ain't funky i ain't fucking with it you know like if it ain't but, <laughs> but i was also listening to like pantera mega i think i think Calico. that phase came later in life for me hmm. which is fine like i yeah, mean yeah who cares i'm glad i went through my phase of like really digging like the hardcore, like kind of like screamo emo bands. Yeah, and yeah. Did it, and it was fun. Went There's to shows because that was like the you know the two big local venues until you know something like Frankie's yeah. and Howard's and well, like we are the Fury. Was yeah, like, yeah. They are the, of Hearsay that. To, you know, yeah. like I had my drummer now was in in a couple of really good like bands. Um, He's gonna hate me right now for not remember the name of his band. You can hear him hating. We yeah, this this isn't even out yet. He's like, I can feel the hatred right now. But uh, like, grew up like going to like the you know like headliners and like being Mm -hmm. with the Scenester kids and yeah, 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 totally hang with that, and that was fun. But I think probably when I hit about twenty twenty one is when I started like really getting into like 
some good soul music mm. and like really feeling some good soul out. You know, it's interesting now that I think about it is like, cause you're, you have a good, like, and I'm not calling it emo, but you do have that like lighter side, but it's, there's like, there's a soul element there. So that makes a lot of sense yeah. from what I've heard of your stuff. Yeah. And by the way, who plays piano? Uh, on my record? On your EP. Yeah. All right. That's a cat named Kyle Turner. Okay. Cause he uh, has some very, Tasteful, tasteful. I, that, I, that so I heard on Kyle the road. Kyle lives in Nashville now. Oh, okay. Well, um, there you go. His dad and my dad were in a band together. And Kyle is, uh, he's got his master's in jazz. Mm. And I believe, God, Kyle, if you're listening to this, if I'm wrong, <laughs> his master's, I mean, I, I was so blessed to be able to, like, be able to, play with a guy like Kyle uh just in like his professionalism and his like knowledge but never you would never have known it mm-hmm. like he was just like this chill dude that could like rip up things on the keyboard that like really blew my mind and uh he was always a, a jazz cat and he, I think what he kind of took to me is that he was like so involved in the jazz community that he just wanted to branch out and mm-hmm. I'm a pop guy. Yeah. And he just, I think he just kind of enjoyed like laying back and just kind of like just playing pop music. Yeah. And kind of like stretch his boundaries a little bit. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think I just got at him at a good time. Like anybody <laughs> else, anybody else could have got him. Yeah. I just, being that like, his dad and my dad are good friends yeah. and, and that we connected and that I had, you know, he was a high demand kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I think I just got him at a good time that I got to be able to play with him. As though, well, yeah. I mean, like, you, you, got, you got a great performance out of him, several. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like that, I was very, like, I was like, holy shit. He came in I and I was did like, that. that better not be Joe playing <laughs> fucking keyboard. He did it. Uh, I mean, he does not do this for free anymore, if anybody's listening. He is oh, very sure. seasoned, but I, I got to, he came in and volunteered to do that for me, wow. which I am, like, in so much debt to him for that. Like, yeah, to be able to, especially, like, in a recording thing, where it's like, I now have that for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and to have that and have such a seasoned vet that is, like, so accomplished, you know, that's, uh, it's pretty humbling, for sure, man. No, for sure. Like those are like those are those. You're just like, wow. Am I worthy of this right now? Uh, <laughs> that, that is me in front of my band every time we perform. <laughs> oh man, most musicians are. Yeah, but what, what really struck me about you know Kyle is what you're saying is like you would never know that he's a musician. He's just like real cool. Yeah. And what I've noticed is about like like real slayers, like real murderers, right. is that they fucking they don't have to fucking glow. They don't he, need to he, say anything about it. Right, it's right. not even on their right. mind. Like they know what they can do. Right. They, exactly. And, and that confidence that comes with that, there's almost like this like crazy zen about them. Right. I know, I know a couple bad motherfuckers. Like one of them is a bass player, Omar Lopez, who I love. He's just incredible. He plays for uh, the original Whalers right now. Oh wow. Um, he, I love him to death. He's such a good human being and just like just this humble dude. And um, he, you know, he don't need to fucking like flaunt his shit. Like, no. You just no. need to see him play and you just know. Like, oh, right. Okay, yeah. There. And it I is. think like. They don't need to invest their energy into like. Clo- I think they just want to like kick it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they 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 probably don't want you coming up to be like, oh, I'm gonna suck your dick. 
for every inch it's worth yeah. you know like they're yeah. like no dude like you can just kick it with me yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. we're just hanging out man yeah <laughs> we're just still man. both humans yes exactly and, and and i find the people who are most like boasting and uh i not they don't always end up being like terrible players but a right. lot of the times they end up falling short and their right. shortcomings are very obvious right and right. um and then you have the badass motherfuckers who are just ego fucking driven right with, and you they know they're what? you know they're a badass and yeah. they know they're a badass <laughs> and, that's fine. and they have to make sure that everybody yeah. in the room knows they're a badass oh yeah and then that's fine and, yeah. and, and like i that used to bother me but now i'm just like yeah go get it fuck i mean you who's to say it, dude i don't know if I was that fucking badass, I might do the same fucking thing, man. Oh, oh, I, I, any type of adulation. Well, when I was younger, used to go straight to my head, and yeah. I would turn into a prick. But I was also a drunk, drug addict, right. so like that had a lot to do with that. And I was not that good. Right, <laughs> I did not right. deserve to carry that right. kind of attitude. That was mostly like an insecurity defense mechanism. Right, that right. That was, I was helping mask with uh, alcohol and drugs and a big personality okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> well now i know everything about you yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> so okay so you start getting into writing when you're young and uh, so like when did you decide to like i'm gonna go out and try did you like try to gig as a drummer or like did you no no i never gigged you just as a always drummer. go out as like a i just knew i wanted to be like a front man okay um for egotistical idea you know i just mm-hmm. liked the idea i wanted to be like be the center of attention yeah, you wanted to you wanted to right. draw that right kind of energy i saw there. like even as a drummer when i would go and hear bands i was focused on the singer because mm-hmm. i love that idea of being like the front man and i've i still am like trying my best to like get to be like you know something cool <laughs> you know <laughs> you all know, i mean i I, I guess I, I guess it's like the best thing you could ever say to that is like you gotta stop trying that. <laughs> right, right. And then, <laughs> you just, as much as I quit, just like wanting to try, I'm still like uh, you know it's like. Well, it, it's just becoming more comfortable with yourself on stage. Right. And like uh, that, that took me a really long time, and it's still I still have to ease into certain gigs. Right. So if it's like a gig I've been to several times, and it's like I can just walk in, I know I can. Right. Walk in there. Right. As soon as it's a new place, new, you know, like I know, and maybe the stakes are a little higher. It's right. All of a sudden, all those like you're not good enough. You're terrible. Right. Right. You should probably just go home. You should just not do this anymore. Right. We should just call them and. Get and just say the gigs off and not do this because fuck this. We don't need that much money anyways. I mean, right. what, do we, what do we need food for? Fuck food. It's like we could just, you know, eat fucking hair. Dude, ramen noodles? God, those are fucking bucket peas. Uh, so that those insecurities always bubble up for me yeah. too. So so it's really just all about fucking just finding, being comfortable on stage. And yeah. Finding that space as fast as you can, and if you can't find it, then it's that's when you have to just be right. it. Yeah, and because there's what's weird about now, right now, with me playing with Green Acre Session is that I'm not, I'm not a good, I'm not a great singer. I can sing, and they made me start singing, so I'm just now All right. singing, like singing lead. I'm, I'm no, oh, singing like no. backup. I'm just doing backup poorly. <laughs> I'm working on it though. It's a work in process. Uh, but uh, with that, it kind of. Uh, Jason, who was the lead singer, kind of was like, you know, I'm just up here. I kind of am awkward up here sometimes. And uh, Jason's a great fucking singer and songwriter and, and player. It, sometimes he's just up there like being weird and you know right. musicians. It's just like That's we're how weird. How we do it? Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I've 
I've been, from this podcast, I've been able to uh, learn how to speak onto a mic. Yeah. And now that I'm doing this in front of people, I've almost turned it's sad to say, but I've almost turned like in between songs when they're trying to figure out what they want to play. I'll be like podcasting in this weird way. I even brought my sample patch up there. No shit. And I'll start like hitting the air horn like pew pew pew. <laughs> so I've been doing this. What? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like derailing it into me again. But this no, is just what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> so I have. I, I put. I thought it was a funny idea to put an applause button on there. And so like I'll hit right. a button. And and sometimes I'm sure you know this, but like sometimes you play a room that might not be very responsive. Play many of those. Yes. So so you get done playing a song, and there's no nothing. It's silence, and there's just the the murmur of people talking. Right. You know, just like okay, and then you just sort of awkwardly move into the next song. So I thought it'd be real funny to hit the applause button, and, and it's a fucked up applause too because it starts small and then it just gets like the slow clap. <laughs> And so we'll be standing out there, and there's this roaring clapping coming on in the dead room. And everybody's just like, what? Yes. And then who's clapping? The worst awkward feeling in the world also comes with that. And I'll make them live in that moment. The band, I'm saying. And the people. Right. I'll make them live in that moment. I'll be like, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And I'll just be sitting there, like, absorbing (laughs) it. And I don't know why. I, I just, I'm doing it just because. I don't know. Maybe it's just a fear that I'm facing, but like it's just what I'm doing now. Right. So, so it's turned into this weird little sideshow of mine of like in between songs. I'm just sort of doing what I'm doing right now, or I'm just kind of talking into nothing or yeah. to nobody in particular, but just sort of talking. And it gets weird. And sometimes they tell me to shut up, and I encourage that. So, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. I mean, so you're so how what what was like your first approach to go did you hit the open mics or like, uh yeah so it, my dad took me to open mics yeah well, do you remember where it was yeah my first one was at manhattan's oh tight. chris Knopp was the host okay and chris is still going which is funny. yeah i like yeah it. and it was super encouraging and and like immediately got me up there and let me do my thing and i was like you know terrible like fucking <laughs> well, like terrible. everybody else when they're right it's starting you know but me and my dad just like he just kept taking me out he kind of knew the scene all you know better than i did yeah i mean he didn't kind of he totally knew the scene better than i did and just went out to open mics and then it got to the point where i was like trying to get my own gigs i played at this like corner bar they like didn't even pay me money they were like you can play on Wednesdays and we'll give you some fucking tacos and some booze. <laughs> it was like, oh. And I'm like, whatever. I guess I get to play. And <laughs> It was the bronze board that gave me my first like paid gig. Oh, nice. And I played there every Thursday. And then it just kind of stemmed. And and I started, like, I don't know. I would, like, you know, I felt like I kind of would put myself out there in, in front of, like, some really great players. Like, I would go to some open jams. Like, mm. open jams where I didn't fucking belong, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I would go up there, and I'd be like, I'm here to do a jam. You know, can I sign up? You know, can I do a song? And it's like these legit fucking players. Right. And I can barely play chords on a guitar. And I just get up there, and like they'd be like, oh, yeah, come on up. And i do a song. They'd be like, all right, get the fuck off stage. Right, <laughs> and i just keep showing up. And, yeah. and then I met people and, and formed a band and got gigs. And it's been going pretty well since then, you know. Yeah. The I, I remember the first open mic I did I did with my buddies in uh, in high school, and it was we were just this awful, god awful instrumental like jammy funky yeah. shit band, um, 
that and we went to Murphy's to their open mic. Murphy's, I miss that place. I miss Murphy's too. Claude Black, Clifford Murphy, just amazing players from I think Claude's from the Motown days. Yeah, uh, he was from Detroit. Amazing players. I wish I could talk to those guys. Um, but yeah, so we went to their open mic. And, like, I remember our drummer, the first thing our drummer did was, like, drop a stand and it hit someone's upright. And the upright player ran up to the stage. He's like, this bass costs more than your fucking car. Ooh. Don't touch my bass. So we're like, okay, bro. Had a good time. <laughs> okay, my bad. So we get set up. And we, of course, take, like, 40 minutes to set up because we don't know what we're doing. Right. And so they let us play a song. And Ramona Collins was hosting it. Ooh. Do you know Ramona Collins? Yeah, I okay. know. I grew I up think, on Ramona I Collins. I think everybody. Yeah, especially from your background, you'd yeah. have to. Um, yeah, Ramona Collins said, I think y'all would do better at Mickey Finn's. <laughs> like, okay, I She just her. spit some truth at you guys. I was like, all right. And, like, we all, I mean, like, you know, there's a certain amount of, um, I guess, ignorance and, like, um, just, you know, lack of experience that, makes you think that you can march up into murphy's right with your shitty band right and play some garbage and i mean if you came in with a humble enough you. aspect you know i i guess like i think you know they just kind of look at you like if you just walk up they're like we are ready to take the stage let's do you know well they we also can... saw that we were kids and we didn't right. know what we were doing yeah and she just was just like okay well all right just, kids hold on just, just get the fuck out <laughs> this is where the seasoned vets kind of do our thing yeah and, well and, and plus it, it was a jazz jam you know like, right a kid with a trumpet who's up there trying to swing, they're not going to be like, you should go make your fins. They're going right. to, I mean, I know several players who went there and they were totally fostering that. Like, that yeah. was a place that was fostering young talent, jazz right. talents. Right. So, I mean, they were very open for that. But when it came to just some fucking scraggly potheads who just <laughs> fucking stumbled in, you right. know, it was like, what is going on here? So, <sighs> Yeah, you know that that's a good lesson you know you know it's a good lesson you got to learn those lessons you do and and i was kind of trying to make that point when we were talking about like the pay for plays and stuff is is unfair and as fucked up as that is it, that's like part of the business is learning from those shitty gigs right that you had to pay to play and you fucking you have to cut your teeth you know and yeah. it's very rare when someone's just like i'm gonna start a band and then all of a sudden they're on the cover of rolling stone right you know? like that's a very rare thing so like to i mean i mean there's just you there no matter what in this business unless you get really lucky or unless you're some amazing musician who's just born with like a prodigy or whatever even they have to deal with bullshit right you're gonna eat shit lots of shit like any career you know any career like you're gonna eat shit and i think a lot of that is what deters people um once they start getting into it because that yeah I mean that's not good on your ego. <laughs> that don't it hurts. Feel good. It don't it hurts feel bad. good. It doesn't feel good. But like it's those feelings of not feeling good that are like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Maybe I should do better. <laughs> Maybe I should practice more. You know, like it's those things. Right. If you look at it correctly, or at least somewhat, you know, mindfully, you can see it's like. I need to work on this. And I mean, at first it's just like, well, fuck them. They don't know me. I'm a fucking <laughs> artist. And then like you get, it's like, okay, maybe I do need to work on some stuff. I mean, yeah. that's not, anyways. So, so you started hitting the open mic scene. So um, did you just start your own band and yeah, start my own band. And, uh, when was the first experience with like, uh, with, uh, uh, the studio and stuff? 
so yeah, I re- I, four years ago, I recorded my first album. Okay. Which I've only done one album. This is nice. my second. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really cool. The, my first album, I went in with like the mentality of just like, I knew who I, I knew the players I wanted to have, and I just kind of like sat in the background. I was like, I'm gonna let these dudes just do their thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll work their magic, and I'm gonna let the uh, Brett from Firefly. Can 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 I interject here? Yeah, like, go ahead. So, did you walk in with just like I have these songs, or did you walk in with a band who was familiar with the song? Yeah, they were all familiar with it, okay, and they okay. they they already they knew the like um they knew the format of the tunes. Yeah, you know, like we you guys worked it all out before you hit. Yeah, the we've been playing these tunes for like four years okay. before we even recorded them, so they knew they what they were doing. Cool. Um. And but instead of like me being like producer of the album, I just kind of sat back and just kind of let things happen, mm-hmm. and it came out great. I love no, it. it's it's really good, man, and yeah. and like like I love your transitions and like it's it's fun, you know, like it's it keeps you interested. Thank you, you know what I mean? thank it's, you. It's it's good. It's the, good the job, the man. practicing of that came from like us just playing those tunes for a long time. Of course, yeah. so we didn't go in it blindly. But so this time around, I'm trying to play more producer aspect of it and like. Because it's it's by full length and it's costing me a lot of money, so I'm being super fucking picky. Yeah, why not? About shit. everything that's happening. You have a better idea of what you're doing. So, like, uh, what are some of the things that you went into the studio that maybe you're doing differently, or you're and besides taking the producer role, like, what are some things that you're doing differently from the last album to this album, just studio wise and how you're attacking it? So, I mean, I, it, I mean, other than like than that, it's just really like. Making sure that if something I don't like, I'm not gonna let happen. Yeah, you know, like because that first album, you're just sort of like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I don't have the right, money or the time, to right? Or just, just letting it happen and just yeah. kind of like sitting there. Yeah, but like, yeah. I had like, so I, I mean, I, the first session I just did with my drummer, <coughs> who's a phenomenal drummer. You're talking about this, the current album, yeah? Okay, who who's drummed on the last album? Oh, okay. Which the last album, like, I when he did a session, I think I stayed for like. 20 minutes mm. oh and you're just like you're good. i'm like you're good just yeah. do your thing man yeah, yeah yeah but so when he came into it this time i have like a hundred orders to give it you know like and i felt bad because I, I i didn't want him to feel defeated he did an incredible job did he know that going into it or he didn't i didn't get any like uh, you're like hey, yo bro just so you know i'm gonna i didn't give my bad. heads up you're and just, just like come on on yeah let's <laughs> do this and i was like nope 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 but this isn't like nopes being like you're sucking. This is like, well, but it's not hitting my vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not that you're doing a bad job by any means. Doing a great job, but like now, like, uh, and especially I feel bad for anybody that plays drums in my band because I'm a drummer. <laughs> who's so like, you know, like lead guitarist, I'm not a lead guitarist. Yeah. So like lead guitarists play my bands yeah. and stuff. I'm just like, yeah, whether or not you like their style. That's right. All I'm like, it's a good part. lead. Yeah. The, you know, I can't play it. You know, like a good lead. <laughs> we get along. Okay. Right. Yeah, but okay. for, you know, my drummer, which we've drummed our whole lives together, like, you What's know, Jason Goss, okay. an incredible drummer. And he's like well-seasoned. He played with a uh, lots of groups. Like uh-huh. he knows he's a very well-seasoned musician. I just feel bad for the aspect that like, you know, I'm not, and I'm not buttering up. I'm like, oh, you did a good job. I'm just like, no. Yeah. Not it. Like not do another take. Right, I need but this. you have a rapport with him that a lot. Right, right. That kind of yeah, and he was stages. super cool with it. And he, yeah. uh, he's you know I probably could have warned him a little bit about what like <laughs> like he, you know I'm gonna have higher expectations. Right. As the, I just wanted to back up with that first album. Is like so so you had the songs all worked out really well, but there are like specific like 
studio tricks kind of that came into play on that i believe if i'm remembering right i, I haven't listened to it in like a week or so so uh, it's kind of faded but but there are like specific things like did was there things that kind of unfolded in the studio because you said you did kind of stand back and sort of let the guys write right. the parts and kind of like do their thing um was there um i don't know shit fucking edibles man fucking edibles <laughs> fucking edibles no i've been trying to stay away from them because they've been they fucking get you every me up. time they f- and and, I, and the fucked up thing it was like I ate them yesterday That's and I'm still yesterday? like yesterday. <laughs> yes. That's all right. Can we take a pause so I get yes, this? Yes, let's go pee and oh, then we'll come back. Okay. So we we just had to go uh, shake the dew off the lily. Yeah, wow. Get uh, get. I was right. squirming there for a second. Yeah, you know I had to pee really bad too, but I, I've been I just sort of try to hold it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I try my best. I try my best, but it's I, but it's unhealthy this is not a healthy thing right. to do is <laughs> holding your pee so the question that i was so terribly asking before we went pee was was there like a um was there like a anything surprising that came out of sort of letting that happen um for the first album was there anything kind of surprising or magical i guess you could say that came out of that process that was never intended and you're just like wow that's cool or was it i don't just- think there was anything like super profound mm. But in the laying down of those tunes, because um, we've always been just like a four-piece band, mm-hmm. with having like keyboards and like um, other guest guitar players, uh, we had um, a saxophone player come in who played like a Barry and an alto, like recorded both of those. Mm-hmm. There was just a lot of parts that just developed. Yeah. Through just that. From a- just yeah. from having people come right. in and do it. Right. Okay. I like that. That's cool. So that is, that. I mean, because that's an element that you guys weren't used to playing right. with. Right. And oh. those parts have kind of stuck, like, because um, we still, like, at heart are just a four-piece band. Mm-hmm. Uh, two guitars, bass, drums, and my vocals. So, like, uh, and um, my guitar player, Frank, who is, like, has one of the best ears, can, like. Frank who? Frank May. Oh, okay. Bobby yeah. May's song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, he had listened to the album a few times, so, like, some of those parts that, like, kind of stuck out, since then, he's, like, mimicked them when mm-hmm. we would play them out. So, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, yeah. they developed in the studio, and then now they've come back to our, like, kind of our live show. Yeah, so now it's a part of the show. Right, yeah. Well, did you run into any, like, cases where it was, like, maybe a part wasn't fully worked out, and on stage it was just sort of a slurred part, and then once you got in the studio, it kind of became very obvious? Or were all your parts pretty um, meticulously They were pretty... Out? Worked out, and then like most of the players that played in the session, like we would be like, um, you know, your your first couple takes, like just lay down like the the meat and potatoes of it. Maybe uh, next couple takes, just kind of do your thing, and then we just kind of like cut and paste mm-hmm. things that we like. So like ah, yeah. your second, your second, and or your third and fourth take, like just here you can adventure. Ah. And if we don't like it, it's scrapped. Yeah, and if yeah, we yeah. do like it, we'll pull it and put it in there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so we got a lot of cool stuff. That's cool. So so then, flash forward now, so currently you're working, uh, you're just laying down drums right now. Drums just got laid down. So are you going to... I mean, because I, I don't know like how far you get in, but like if you are going to bring in a horn player, are you trying to like have those horn lines written or are you going to no, be relying on... Just because I can't write those kind of yeah. parts. Like... I don't. I don't foresee myself having a horn player in there. Mm. Um, but if I were to have somebody like that, um, I have like an idea for having somebody play like uh, 
two different violin players, one to play like kind of like a melodic violin thing that I am familiar with, and then uh, like more of like a fiddler because I have mm-hmm. kind of like a a bluegrassy esque tune that I'm have on the album. But those the, when those people come in. I don't even want to send them the scratch tracks. Mm. I just kind of want them to come in and, you know, like, here's two hours, do your thing, and give me a lot. Like, just give me what you feel, and then let's take, like, let's take 40 minutes, and you just do every bit of noodling you can do. Uh Because we don't have to keep it, you know, like, but I can take from it. You know, if if you played a lick that I like, then I'll Mm. pull that and put that into the track. Right. Or I may not keep any of it, Mm. or I may keep all of it, who knows. Okay, so you're going to have some real, like, editing to, like, figure out. Okay, so, like, you're going into it where you have, like, all the songs pretty mapped out how you want them. Right. And you have a sound that you're going for. Right. But you're leaving room for room exploration. For the, yep. That's, I like that. I mean, because, like, there are people who are, like, very rigid, which you sounds like you're rigid with the drummer, which is, I'm not judging. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'll just say, like... I think it's good to be like rigid on some things and like loose with other things because right. once I mean because like if you're gonna be stuck in an idea to the point where it almost causes frustration for others and stuff right. like that that's you right know, that's, you have to leave some openness but I I guess like in the way I track tunes there isn't really rigidness for the drummer mm-hmm. like it. Um, because the way I track tunes is like I do with scratch track, and then the drummers are the, the my drummer is the first one to lay down. Mm-hmm. Like I need your foundation as strong as it can be. Like right. you're you're my first guy. Like, and then everybody can kind of improvise over what the drummer's doing. Yeah. It's the way. It's just the way I lay down well, my tracks. Uh, yeah, but but when you talk to people who are like producers and shit who write hip hop songs, like, oh, right. I start with a beat. Mm, right, bass line, right. and then or sometimes it's a melody or something, but like most of the time it comes down to the beat. Right, so that makes sense. It is, it's the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so you'll start with a drummer and then bring in who's available. And then, like, well, I'm going next. I'm really, okay. I mean, I have all my guitar parts mapped out. Perfect. You know, yeah. maybe not my tones yet, but like, but what I want played. So, like, when I go in, I'm gonna lay down uh, all my guitar parts. Um, rhythm and like my secondary guitar parts I call them yeah. and I have those mapped out I don't have my tones mapped out and I'm going to do that then I have my bass player come in and, and he's going to like lay down Does, things and Brett has like probably a bunch of cool toys to play with are and you going to rely on that or you got I your am own for tonal for tonal purposes yeah. I'm going to I'm going to rely on uh, I have like I mean I've even listened to like tracks from like different artists um, that like that's the guitar you know like yeah. here's the song this Tone. I want to. This is the tone I want ah, for this tune. So you're relying on Firefly Brett's, which is Firefly Studio. Yeah. You're relying on his ear too. So and I trust him. Like, like yeah. I, I know that I could be like, or he would get very close to it. Mm. You know, like, you know, like a, I don't know. I need like a thin telly tone. Yeah. Like something like, like clean, thin, high endy, mm. with some verb. Yeah. And he'd be like, here gotcha. you go. Yeah. You know. That's I need something warm and like, you know, no no effects on it, you know, and mm. probably pull out a strat and you know put it like, you know, whatever it is, yeah, right. Whatever he whatever <laughs> he knows he knows exactly right. what you're looking for. Uh, I read this book. It, what the fuck is this book called? Something in the bathroom. It was about the New York uh, Brooklyn scene in the early 2000s. You know, like with the Strokes and right. um, you know 
all those guys. Um, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and yeah. Rapture and right. uh, what's the uh, what the fuck's that guy's name with the Lightning Bolt um, Studio DFA. Um, anyways. There was a producer they were working with, and there was a band. I can't remember the fucking... But the guy would be like, I need this to sound blue. And the engineer would be like, okay. All right, here's your and, blue. And he was able to communicate like that. Yeah. Good engineers who like know their shit right. are so valuable. And I feel like that's Brett. I mean... Nice. I, I haven't met the guy. I've never been in a studio. We're still trying to work out. And also, like, together, I've so never... I'm really excited to work with him. I haven't done a whole lot of studio work. Hmm. Um, and Brett is like um like his ability to kind of do that and kind of like when i can like vaguely say what i want <laughs> yeah. and kind of capture that that's like one aspect and also like um kind of like going back to like me my drum core roots like mm-hmm. i'm a very like i don't want this like kind of like let's just chill and like like dude like when it's punching like i want to punch yeah. in like you know, I you know the takes I want to do like let's go fucking get shit done. Well, yeah, and you're paying for that time, right? So but that's... he's like he is right on board with that. Like, yeah, we'll kind of like take our quick seconds so like can bullshit catch up and shit. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, he's down to fucking work, right? Like, right. Like, let's get shit done. Right. And I love that. Like, yeah, me too. And I um so like when we just did drums, I did um my drummer knocked out six tracks, but I did three tracks of my own on drums. Oh, sweet! You record your own drums on this. Uh, I, which I've never Someone. done. Oh, nice. Which is kind of new to me. And it was fun to do. And it, it was fun to communicate with Brett. Where, like, uh, uh, his studio's great way it's set up is because um, he has his control room mm. and then his recording room. Like, So we're in separate rooms. But right. he has cameras set up so he can see me. Oh, I can't see him. We can mm. communicate vocally, but he can't. And, you know, it'd be something like um, at the end of one tune, I had this fill. Like, I wanted to fucking nail this fill. Nice. And... It wasn't like I got to rep this fill like thirty times with just like didn't do it. I could just just wave my stick like that. He knew it. he knew and, yeah. and he punched me right back in. And it wasn't it was so seamless. Like instead of like, oh I wanna do that again. Wait for a punch in. All right, we're gonna get you an ache, you know. It yeah. was like boom, rep, yeah. rep, rep, yeah. rep, got to do it, got to do it, and like and it only took like four minutes. For me to finally like get the part I wanted, right? Where I feel like in sometimes that could take a lot longer. Yeah, like, no, totally. Especially if you're working with like analog gear, that right, shit's fucking right. That could have taken forever, and I just got to like rep it, which I'm big on reps and like mm-hmm. getting to do it that yeah, way. My wife, because the way we record our our new album is reel to reel, so we had. So her idea was like, okay, we're just gonna do live takes, and it's every, everybody gets one take. There's no overdub, so like it's just one performance, That's which is it. cool. You get a very awesome rawness out of that. You do, and and it's scary though, you know, going into that. And because it's tape, you know, there was they would do. I mean, they would just go. So they would do one take. They would do about three takes of each song, and then yeah. just hopefully one of those work. Let's move on. Right, right. <laughs> and you know, it was ballsy of her uh, to do it like that, but it came out really good so so you can't be mad I mean, there's just so many methods to record an album you right know? it's like there's no right or wrong way to it it's no not like at all whatever especially what's what, what your yeah. sound is and what you're going for mm-hmm. and like yeah. there's something very strong to be told about people who go in and do that reel to reel and like you just like 
you get the rawness of that <laughs> right and the energy of the pressure that right. comes with it and, right and i was just talking to the drummer who drummed on that today he walked into it okay not only did he not get to play his own set he had to play someone else's set that was set up the way right. they like he could adjust a little bit but right. it was like a 1970s i mean the place that they record the kitchen too tim felton sure fire soul ensemble Oh my God! Amazing! You should know about these guys. They're they're incredible. Yeah. They're actually signed to Coal Mine Records, which is a label in Loveland, Ohio, who does like great stuff. Like it's All right. a, it's like a, almost like a throwback, like um, Sharon Jones. What's their Dap, uh, Dap Kings? Yeah, Dap King, Dap Tone uh, Records. All right. So it's something like that where it's just like old school throwback yeah. kind of stuff, and they re-release like old obscure releases yeah. and stuff. Fucking incredible people. Terry is amazing. Um, but yeah, so we we recorded in there, and, and I mean his shit's just like a playroom though. Like it, it, it I don't know, man. Like it, it was just like such a cool way to do it. Like he, I just love everything he does in that place, and it's yeah. just his house, you know. Right. But like he has just all those old gear and just capturing those old sounds yep. and that hiss that's still there and that warmness. Right. I mean, it, like I love that, but I think next album we're gonna be way more like tracking and right we're gonna go into more production side of it but this was which like, is really yeah i mean both are like a great way to record yeah it's just whatever works best for you right so so then so you laid down some of the drums and you're gonna be doing guitar both your guitar yeah. parts and you're and then who are you bringing in the rest of the band or yeah well it's like the rest of the band some like guest people mm -hmm. i i've like asked some i haven't asked some of them yet i'm hoping that they'll be down to do it <laughs> you know and i have like d getting into one of these projects is like so bittersweet because it's super fun but then i have to deal with the fact that like i'm too obsessed with it y you know like i don't have any free time for my brain mm -hmm. thinking about like every little part that i want to like capture uh -huh. um and then like trying to get guys that like will be receptive of the fact that like i i love you as a player but i'm not going to sit here and like take every take you give me like mm -hmm. i still have my vision and that with the amount of money i'm paying like i know i have to pay you as a musician to come in and do this for me but also like you have to respect my vision of yeah. what what i have like in my mind going on yeah no, I mean, as soon as, like, money starts getting exchanged, there is, like, a, there's sort of, like, a, like, okay, well, I guess you hired me, so, so let's do it. That's my right. attitude. That's my, that's not everybody's attitude. Right. My attitude is, like, oh, you're paying me? Oh, okay, whatever you want, boss. You right, know? you would think, <laughs> you would think, but some people also have an attitude, like, well, you hired me, well, then you just wanted what I want to do. Like, I hired you because I, I envisioned that you could capture my vision the best, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know. I respect you that much. Right. That I think you can. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't sit. Don't don't expect me to sit here and be like, "Oh, that was amazing. You're <laughs> the best ever." Like, no. Like, listen to me because I have like ideas going mm. on, and and uh, you know, it, it's always like that's when you like kind of like figure out the character of a person. And, yeah. And I I've only just recently been able with this mentality dealing with my drummer who's been my friend since sixth grade mm -hmm. and he did a great job and like he listened to me and and you know there was like maybe little hints of frustration where it was just like yeah you know we like we're figuring each other out and like what's going on but like we we got together you know we eventually met in the middle yeah and it came together you okay. know and like 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, ego. Like that's the hard thing about music too is like dealing with other people's ego. Right. Cause, like, because not everybody's gonna be is, you know, not everybody's free wheeling, easy going. Right. Some people are very into their shit. Right. Right. And you know, he has every reason to be super mm. into his shit because he's an incredible drummer. Mm. You know, but. But still, you're like you. You want to work with me? Let's work together. Right. Let's fucking right. Let's listen. Let's do this. But I, I have this thing. I gotta get out. And I'm the it. worst at explaining these things to him, <laughs> which I feel terrible about because I'm like, yeah. no, it's like boom, 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 boom you know, ah. with the boom, boom. He's like, what the and fuck? Drummers love that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the weirdest lingo ever. And he's like, oh, he was like, okay, boom, boom, ching, boom, boom. I'm like, well. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did you actually go in there ever and be like showing them how no, to do it? No, I didn't do that. I just kind of sang it to yeah. him, you know, and and I know I know I didn't need to do that. And he, you know, eventually in the long run, he captured what I was trying to say. Yeah. And uh, did it take longer than you thought it would? Or what? no, I knew it was going to be. I knew there was going to be. You know, it was a five-hour session. Yeah. You know, like I knew there was going to be. <laughs> those are those are grueling. Man. Yeah. Five hour, eight-hour days. Yeah. Shit, man. I'm so I knew there was going to be. You know, I knew it, I didn't. We didn't butt heads at any point, but I knew there was going to be like some bit of conflict to some like kind of tension. There. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. just figuring figuring it out together. Right. You know, right. like his his style of playing with my vision and mm. finding the middle ground of what we were doing. For sure. For yeah. sure. That's awesome. It sounds like it's going to be a, a great album. I've man. got. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm really excited about it. What? When do you think it'll be out? That is way too early to project that. Cool. If it would be six months, I would be very happy. Right. If it takes a year, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, somewhere in between six and 12 months. Do you have a name for it yet? Or I don't. That's, uh, that's like a whole other thing I was thinking about. I'm thinking about... Um, actually, this is what we were supposed to be talking about when we started off. We were supposed to be talking about the difference between friends and fans. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about I don't like that. referring to... The idea of fans, because my fans are just my friends. Like those, yeah. you know, just because I'm not like at that caliber of of a musician. Mm. Like I'm not gonna call my fans. They're not my fans. These are my friends. Like yeah. they're my good friends. So they I showed up at my show. Right, these right. Are, I'm a I know these people church. personally. I'm, yeah. Nobody's come out that I've never known. Mm. You know, these are like my friends and the people like that support me and when we have a relationship. So my idea is like, um, I'm going to do some crowdfunding. Mm. Um, that's like a whole other discussion of how people feel about crowdfunding. I know some people hate that. Yeah, well, who cares? Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> exactly. It's like, dude, it's like, we'll just keep going back to it. There's no straight path. There was a time when if your fucking song was on a commercial, you were a sellout. Right. Now you're a fucking genius. Right. Now people are like, how do you do that? Right. How do you make money off of music? Jesus right. Christ. Oh, I'm spinning everywhere. But yeah, no, fuck them, fuck them. Right, I, I mean, no, that's a whole other discussion. There's no right around. What is the discussion? I mean, like, what, what, like, people don't like the idea that you're out there fucking. They see it as begging right. or something, right? Well, like, well, this is like my biggest thing is like I see people like I've seen other people like do GoFundMe's and I see like, um, you know, in the bit of social media I dabble in, people are like, why don't you get a job, you know? <laughs> and so like, I guess in my mind, if if I we're like do crowdfunding people like why don't you get a job i'm like motherfucker i work 45 hours a week uh, just to live i can't afford like i can barely afford to get an album out in the way i want my album to get out but that's totally different anyways we're talking about the naming my album but my idea is to let my friends kind of name my album for me i have a couple ideas like my album is 
seven years worth of writing. Mm-hmm. So I know that I want my album to be something along the lines of being like a portrait or like scrapbooking, like something like it's not it's not an album that's like like I didn't go in like I want to do an album and write every so like a, a concept album. Like it's just like nine songs that I've written over the course of the last six years, mm-hmm. seven years or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of want to let my friends like here's my idea this is what my albums kind of is it's just a collection of songs and if any of my friends want to like throw out names something that would inspire me i don't have a, i don't have a name for it like i don't know what i would call it yeah and i have no problem with any of my friends like kind of giving me ideas or what i should name it and yeah you know yeah that's cool i like that i like that so that can kind of be part of like the the um the crowdfunding prize is like you know, <laughs> no way. That's fucked up. The more money you get, the better chance right. I'm a chick. <laughs> then I'm gonna like you name my yeah. album. And it's like cheese dick, right. fuckface, the third. <laughs> yeah, this. right. Like shit. <laughs> that backfired. That, that I did finance the whole album. Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> cheese face, dick. What? Yeah, I don't know. Cheese dick face. Cheese dick face, fucker. I don't know what I said. The it's third. Just, it was the third. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, this is the third volume of this. Uh, uh, okay, well, I—that's uh, a good idea, man. Honestly, just that, something. I, I mean, like you could almost turn it into a contest too. Like just, uh, you know, like fucking. Uh, you could turn it into like, hey, help me name my album and share this and tag right, a friend yeah. and like give a suggestion and y'all consider it. I don't know. Honestly, I'm just looking for a name for my fucking album. I just <laughs> don't like, know what I would name it. <laughs> i got you man i got you so uh i wanted to ask you a question and this is kind of a new question to this yeah. podcast and i want to give credit to the guy who kind of inspired me because he's a journalist his name is neil strauss he writes for rolling stone he's wrote oh wow he's um he's not my friend or anything but he's <laughs> just he's just somebody i admire All as right. a journalist and right. as a writer uh he's written like uh he's famous for the motley crew book and the marilyn manson book all right he, he helped write those books and he also did this book called the game where he embeds himself well he was just this like little weenus of a like writer intellectual but he's yeah. just this little weird looking guy who's frail and like eh. he has a weird voice and everything <laughs> so he could never get laid and he toured with like motley crew and marilyn manson and like, he couldn't he, get laid he couldn't get laid with these rock stars because he's just like this weird guy you know introvert all right. writer um so he embeds himself in uh um in this cult of pickup artists and he ends up becoming like like in real life you can watch some youtube videos he does like almost ted talks almost on it all right on how to pick up women and um it's really interesting but what i'm going to ask you is kind of what he uses part of the game for picking up chicks all Um, right but he uses it he uses a lot of his methods he learned from this pickup cult i guess and uh uses it in his interviews because he's interviewed some really guarded people like um like courtney love and britney spears you yeah. know these people who are very quick to just shut down the press. right right and he was able to get like really good interviews out of them just sort of by using these methods so so i'm only telling you so i'm giving credit to this person yeah over explain the shit out of it all the That's time right. so just I'm ask so, the question yeah right you're just sitting there like go getting, for it you're like, you're like, like, damn, like what the fuck? i can't wait to hear this goddamn question it's not this is cool fucking... of a question so it's wait, what's like, your favorite color <laughs> yeah exactly it's like who is your main inspiration for writing music right. what's your favorite album 
<laughs> which I do ask that question, but um, in a different way. But anyways, I'm sorry. I, I, I read it down because I, I always tend to fuck it up. That's no, all right. It's already open. So if you had to choose one quality in your life that made life worth living or worthwhile, uh, what would it be? And uh, it can be tangible or intangible. So a quality... A quality that, that would makes make life worth living. This isn't a quality that I feel I live up to the biggest aspect, but I feel like humble, being humble, humble is, can take you so far. And I think none of us are as humble as we should be. No, I agree. But I feel like if we strive for being as humble as we can, I feel like it would completely change the world. So, so okay. So let's say that you found like this new infinite humbleness like the the most humble person that ever existed yeah you know so what kinds of things would that um uh so what would that help you do in your life how would that help you uh uh you know how how would that help you in their life and and like how would that make it better if you were more humble yeah and what how would that well in that i'm a big believer in karma and i think with humbleness comes great karma um, so I think if you're just like <clears throat> humble enough to not focus on yourself and, and always be wanting the better for other people, I feel like the best would come to you. Mm. I'm saying this, if this is something I practice, if this is not, mm. it's just something I well, think no, is no, very no. profound. And this is, this, and this is what I was, it was a hypothetical thing. <laughs> right, right. Like, what would this, what kind of things would this I don't want people to like sit here and listen and be like, oh, this oh, motherfucker thinks he's, he's like, fucking Dalai Lama. right, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. This is just something that is in the back of my mind, always thinking like when I'm like silently judging somebody in the back of my mind or like, you know, forgetting that like here I am and I have my own house to like live in and sleep in and have my food to eat, that there are people out there that are like living, uh, sleeping on a fucking piece of cardboard, mm. like, you know, and, and I think like, the more you give, the more you get out of the world. And yeah. Is that something you come to expect? Like, the more you give, the more you get? I would think, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I would, I would, or I just at least the what, what keeps me going and hoping that, like, yeah. you know. So you don't really expect it. You just hope that that's how I hope it that, works. you know, like. That, well, I mean, like, like, when you see, because when you see yourself doing good for others, I mean, you do see the the immediate benefit. I guess I I want to say you. Ex- I don't say I would expect it. I just hope that like, uh, you know, kind of give a dollar to the Salvation Army this time of year. Like, you're just gonna hope that like maybe you found a good parking spot <laughs> somewhere. You know, like it's like the Karma Bank, right? Like, you know, like, deposit, bitch. Right. Uh, where's my fucking karma? Um, I, I shouldn't say you expect it, but you just hope that no, like no, I said you did. A, yeah, I said you that. do a good deed. You hope that like maybe yeah. it'll come back and pay you no, back. I, and I. And I totally get that. I was yeah. kind of playing devil advocate. Yeah, asshole. That's fun. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, so let's say you have this like grand pumba pooba <laughs> amount of humbleness. I don't know what the grand pooba is. I think yeah. that's from Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but so you have this Dalai Lama amount of humbleness, and 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 you're able to like it's and you're able to like have this outlook that, that this ideal outlook that that you you want for yourself and. Uh, in this generosity that comes with it what what is the feeling that that gives you what is the raw just like feeling that that gives you just thinking of this hypothetical i don't know maybe just like a sense of like sleeping better at night you know maybe like comfort yeah comfort and just like 
A feeling of peace, I suppose. Yeah, it's a pretty loaded question. I know. Well, it's totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like something that can, or just to know that you made like even a little bit of difference, you know? Mm. Well, so like the raw feeling that you're you're trying to describe is just a feeling of comfort. It gives you comfort yes. and peace of mind. Yeah. Right, right. And just. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so this is like, uh, this, so we're done with this question, but I mean, not really. Uh, so this is like a, um, uh, what does he call it, uh, eliciting um, values test. But it's basically, it's actually used for therapy and stuff. It's kind of a core value test. And All right. you ask these questions and at the end, so like your core value per this test would be peace and calm, a peace right. of mind. So that, I mean, do you find yourself having a turbulent thought process or do you find yourself um not always having the peace that you would that you so i'm definitely value? a very anxious person yeah like anxiety i want to say depression but like anxiety and like uh i don't know thoughts running a lot mm. to try to calm that is great you know mm. anything uh, alcohol helps yeah, it's, it's a very good Band-Aid. <laughs> yes, it is. Until you abuse it to the point of All right. no return. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that was me. Uh, by the way, I, I don't drink. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't... Um, no, no. I, I, I don't even know why I said that's fine. I, it's, thank you. I'm nervous. I'm thank nervous you so much. I was looking for your approval for yeah, this drink. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool that you're drinking in your own house, the comfort of your right. own room. In front of some stranger that you just met, of, like last week. So, <laughs> no, but um, so so, you, have you dealt with anxiety a lot in your whole life? Yeah, like, um, is it, what, where do you think that comes from? Like, you know, I, I don't know, like where the roots. I think anxiety has become a super epidemic in this world. Oh lately. yeah. Totally, and I mean, look um, at all the pharmaceuticals that are on TV trying to calm you down. Yes, I think um, something like social media has a huge mm -hmm. role in that. I find myself being a social media addict. <laughs> I love it so much. You know, like <laughs> I don't know if I'm trying to like justify my life by looking at other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, like and, and the problem is, is that's not really their lives. No, that's no, like no. That's like part of their. It's lives. like they're like. Um, like they're Kardashians mm. part of life. Right. This, th which that's not their life always. It's no, like, no. I, I was just talking about this actually with. This yeah. Analogy. I mean, I, I, I definitely checked myself in that, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's so much of like seeing their aspect of the life. It's just the fact that you get to see so many different people's lives mm -hmm. in general. Like, yeah. So many different types of lives. Right. That are happening that like kind of freaks you out. You see like people on, so many different ends of the world's as you know like where people stand in in life you know mm -hmm. uh the best and the worst of them all <laughs> yeah absolutely it's kind of like scary you know like Very scary. and we're definitely living a, we live in a generation that like we get to see too much of it mm -hmm. you know my my parents being in their 70s when they were my age they just knew each other Mm -hmm. They knew each other, they knew their neighbors, and they knew their family. Right. That's what they had to, like, base, compare their lives to, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, th and they were doing the same shit they were doing. Right, I right. Mean, maybe not, like, now of them were musicians, right. badass right. jazz musicians, but right. still, like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. like um, so, 
like your only social media was like the newspaper and like what Fred the neighbor had right, to say right, about it, you know? right. And most of the time, you guys probably agreed about it. Had the it. exact same <laughs> fucking opinion about it. You guys probably worked at the same fucking <laughs> right, plant, right? You know? So it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. You, there's just so much, and and the human brain doesn't. I don't think probably has the capacity to handle that. No, I mean, like I think we're tech technology level. We're 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 going faster than is is it's being it's um, booming yeah it, way it's, harder than what they called like the technology boom yes yes yeah it, it, it's evolving faster than the human mind they're is. like oh the technology boom our supercomputer that took up like four of these rooms <laughs> has now taken up three of these rooms yeah. like now our technology boom is this computer is in my hand right right and and, and that's crazy right <laughs> like mm -hmm. all the information in the world is right in it's our pocket sitting right here and all like the worst possible aspects of the world right. are sitting here and right. like the best and it the... doesn't matter what age you are you can look it up oh you have complete access i to have it. a four-year-old who i'm just like oh god it's scary it's very scary it's very scary to think of what it's becoming so right so you think so you think the that social media is kind of exacerbating this anxiety that yeah. you already sort of had yeah, and it's like, you know, I uh, genetics too, you know, mm. I come from a family that has dealt with like performers that have been having anxiety and uh it's a uh, it's got its roots, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I I I deal with depression and anxiety all the time. Yeah. I was breathing on the way over here. Right. I was breathing and fucking saying my stupid little mantra and right. cooking right. like calming yourself down. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. so what are some ways you kinda cope with it besides, you know, the liquid libation? Right. You know, uh focusing on my music. Mm hmm you know, like it kinda takes your mind off of the right. the Especially now having this album come out, I get to like deter my mind into thinking of like all the things I want to do with the album mm. the way I want to release the album the way I want to like maybe have a party to release the album mm -hmm. you know and all the different aspects of the album and this is like we're getting into winter this is like when <laughs> the season of depression kicks in the hardest yeah. oh yes where you really have to like I mean the time it came great when I was like I was at work you know I work construction and we bust ass and we do some monotonous jobs and I was just at work and I was like, it was like three weeks ago, maybe a whole month ago. And I was like, all right, winter's coming. I was like, what are you going to do, Joe? I was like, an album. And I swear to God, I got right on my phone, went to Firefly Studios and booked my first session. Oh, I'm you're like, just like, okay, I'm just going to Oh, do yeah, this. I'm, I'm pretty impulsive. And I was like, it's happening right now. And tomorrow I am shooting the video for my um, uh, crowdfunding mm -hmm. to get that started. Sweet. I already, next Saturday, have my next session booked. Mm -hmm. if, I, if, I, if it clicks like that, like, I'm just yeah. all in. Yeah. But so what, what happens when things don't go the way you plan? Um, do, you, do, you, do you handle it well, or do you... Yeah, because, I mean, I've already thought of that. And, like, mm -hmm. worst-case scenario, thankfully, like, at Firefly Studios, um, for my last album, I feel like I've, I've built up a good enough, like, repertoire and, like, relationship with Brett. Mm -hmm. We're, like, you know, we, we have a working relationship with the, with the money and how things would work, and, and, and it, it, will all, it will all work itself out. <laughs> yeah. Like like the i i have a full time job mm -hmm. you know so like yeah. money isn't my issue yeah so that you know it's it's going to happen yeah 
do you have, have you ever has your impulse impulsive behavior ever gotten you into Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't think of like a specific scenario, but I'm an impulsive. You know, it it wasn't, it's never gotten me into like a huge bind. Like jail or something? No. My impulsive behavior, my impulsive behavior has been like, oh, you just went out and spent $230 on clothes. And now, now, like, you're eating fucking ramen noodles and, like, just getting enough gas to get to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's my impulsiveness that, like, bites me in the ass. I'll fucking... I've done it before where I've spent, like, rent on a new... On an instrument. Like, oh, figure it out when we get there, right? Right. Well, I mean, I still have a place to live, so, like, I'm... Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's... it's, (laughs) It gets weird, you know? Yeah. When you're on your own and... You're right. just spending your rent money on things that you don't necessarily need, <laughs> right. but like, oh, well, I'm doing it. It's never been my rent money. It's always been like my... Oh, you're responsible. Look my like... <laughs> it's always been my like, oh, you could eat good this week and like go out a few mm-hmm. times a week. Right. My impulse has been like, well, you're stuck inside for the whole week and you're going to eat shit. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for being right. Here, so well, that's why I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. why did I have to have these nice clothes? Yeah, <laughs> why could I just have right. shoes with the holes? In right, them? be happy with that. Yeah, that that's a. <laughs> yeah, can you think of like a time that you've ever been like wronged or or. I hate to use the word failed or like like felt like it, because I don't view failure as like an ending. I right. see failure as kind of like an opening of could a could be a building. Or, yes, exactly. It's like failing can be the start of your next step. Right. Whatever. Um, so is there so now that we kinda under, we look at it the same way, is there a time that you failed in the past and it can be music or life in general, uh, that you can think of that um, um, so, like, what what happened and how you handled it and, and if you learned anything from it and something. And it could be musical, non-musical. <sighs> That's hard, man. I feel like just – I feel like that happens a little bit every day. Yeah. But, like, something, like, major. like Something profound. I mean, because – okay, so, like, that Rover band, they, they had to change their name because another band had a name called Silent Lions. Yeah. And, like – they the way they were talking about it, they were just like oh we changed our name and then once we got into it and they were like wow that really fucked us and like yeah. they, you know you could see the emotions starting to bubble up so i mean that's kind of an example i'm using that doesn't have to be that i'm just saying is there something where you just felt like you got totally fucked and then you know what is it and, and you uh, can pass on this it's yeah fine. that that might be the one i have to pass that's just cuz i can off the top of my head no, i just no, can't no. think it's of like totally okay, man. something it's it's Holy rock and roll, yeah. baby. Uh, so, is there like a, 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 again, here's my terminology, weakness, and I'm not trying to call you a weak player, but is right. there a weakness in your playing that, uh, it, so I give the example, like my left hand sucks on the piano, so I run right. drills on it a lot. <clears throat> is there like a weakness in your playing? It could be your singing, your guitar playing, your drum, oh, whatever. Oh, for sure. Um, that you're working on or something that you've overcome in the past? Uh, not working on it, but should be. <laughs> cool. Uh, so I play like um, my full band. I have um, my really good friend and great guitar player Frank May. He's like my lead guitarist. He's but like, he's like a lot of people's lead guitarists. Yeah, he yeah. Plays for Ben Barefoot too. Yep, right? yep. Yeah, okay. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's great. And a great play, bass player. There like. are times where I either I have to be in trio format where I'm like the guitar player. <laughs> okay, okay. And I am not a lead guitar player. Right. Like I can, I'm like the three trick pony. Like, gotcha. like I've got like my three good licks, <laughs> p- 
put them in three you put them in three or four different tones and yeah. it sounds like a different lead like right, right. so that is always like when I'm out at gigs and I start seeing like my buddies come in like somebody like Matt Havers or Buzz Anderson mm. that come in and I'm like in power trio format <laughs> and it's like Joe take a solo I'm like ah I know these cats are looking at me like what the fuck is this dude doing like oh, but they but they obviously respect you and they do aspects. and they they they've never ever like said anything like that to yeah, me yeah. Like, hey, they've Joe, always the been solo. they've always Kill been yourself. super yeah. supportive yeah, yeah, yeah. of that and i'm grateful for that oh. but i'm not stupid i know in the back of their mind they're like stupid <laughs> heard that like three times already joe <laughs> and i don't blame them for thinking that like that is like not me being like oh you know like i'm not stupid like i know i'm like that is not one of my strong points at all yeah. well you know. I can get through it. I can like play some leads mm-hmm. enough to make it seem like I'm somewhat of a lead guitar player. But mm-hmm. like, you know, there's like millions of you know, there's so many great guitar players now. Justin Marchand's another one of them. That's just like just an incredible lead player. Play uh, he plays. Well, he's got his own band coming out now. Just starting up with. Uh, uh, he's doing like a power trio. He, like you know, he plays guitar. He's got a drummer and a bass player. Um, and he's. An incredible guitar player. Do you know he plays with currently at all, or is he one of those just in and out um, of everybody's project? So his new band is. Uh, forgive me if I get his name wrong. I know his first name is Byron. I think it's Byron Harris. Mm-hmm. Forgive me if that's wrong. And then Chris Pope is his drummer. So Byron plays uh, the bass. Chris plays the drums. Justin is uh, the guitar player, singer, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got you know one of those like licks for days. Mm-hmm. Like you, you hear him for the whole night, and you uh, lick was never repeated. Is he an older cat? No, nope. oh. he's he's about our age. Okay. Uh, like in the in the frontman aspect, newer to the scene of like getting his name out as a frontman, he's always just kind of been like a the the one of the first second call lead players that the like hard gun. Yeah, yeah, like a hard guy. You yeah. get him because he's just you know solid, mm-hmm. great rhythm, great right hand rhythm. Yeah, and and just floats up and down the fret like. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, right on. And so, so that he's doing his own project, but now starting his own thing, yeah. and he, you know he writes his own song. He just put an album out, and uh, and he's writing his own out there, being you know performing as a front man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always a weird, scary moment. Right. I've never done it. It. Uh, <laughs> but I know, like, just from talking to front man, like right. talking to you, I'm sure that wasn't the most comfortable place to be no. in on that first open mic, but no. You kind of eat that shit and you keep going. But also now it's like nothing. Yeah. So you you're know. you're pretty comfortable on stage now. Yeah, but you know, you get to the gigs where it's like me playing for like the five or six people in an empty bar and then I get my friends that come up like, "Don't you feel like weird? is it is it weird for is it scary for you to like be doing this?" I'm like, "I don't give a fuck." Right. Do you see what just happened there? Right. I don't give a shit if you're clapping, if you're not clapping, like I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. You know, if it's one of those gigs where it's just four people that aren't paying attention, I'll play to the end of the night. I'll get my paycheck. Mm. And if it's one of those nights where people are into it and I and they're just like digging it, then this is a great paycheck to get. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Totally. Either way, it's like I'm here to do a job. I'm here to do my job. You yeah. know. Which I think is a healthy way of seeing it because yeah. some people would be like, "Oh, well, you need to be putting your most and fucking, you know, you got to be doing your best foot always and blah blah blah." Uh, like, dude, sometimes the gig does not call for that. No, because have you ever played a country club? 
Because they hire you to not hear you. Right. No, I, and I have. I played in like fucking huge mansions where you are just, you are the help. And we had to mm-hmm. enter through the help fucking right. entrance. They let you know real quickly. Right. Uh, that that separation is there. Super. Yeah. Just because you're a musician doesn't make you one of them. Right. You, know? <laughs> you have to enter through the right. side. You, enter you are the that fucking special. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's really sad about fucking how... Um, how America, in particular, uh, uh, views uh, musicians, artists, and general. Yeah, it's not. Ev- I mean, it's no, not it's every not. gig. No, but... no, of course not. Or else, why would we be doing? Right. <laughs> why would we? Actually, like one it? of my favorites. Uh, it was a downtown club. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blast anybody. Let me say which one it was. Oh, good. But I was just playing acoustic to a full house of people. I mean, the restaurant was packed. Mm-hmm. And I get up and I start playing. Just playing acoustic. Just do my thing and the owner of the bar comes up she's like you're you're pretty loud oh wow i'm like oh (laughs) so i'm like all right i this is me in my younger days with my ego being like i am gonna turn this shit down so fucking low that i am inaudible oh wow and i do that she comes up she's like that's perfect (laughs) (laughs) you're just like oh are you kidding me like I can't even hear any, like, all I hear is just everybody just, just as loud as they can be. And I'm yeah. like, but that's what they want. Yes, exactly. And, and like, the people who don't get that are the people that don't get the same job. They don't get right. the work. Because right. if you can't put your ego aside and be like, hey, this is, first of all, you're not really, when people hire you in those kind of gigs, they're not really expecting you to sit there and play a bunch of your yeah. songs. They want songs that right. people will be like, oh, I like this. And then maybe right. they'll buy another drink or something. Right. Um, so it's like you really got to know what you're walking into. If you're walking into a gig like maybe at Howard's or something and right. you're like, this is my show. Right. This is my Like I'm doing play. my original thing. Right. Yeah. I want to be loud. Yeah. This is, that's your time to show. Right. It's like, go book that gig. But right. don't go book a gig yeah. where you know it's like, this is dinner time with families. It's like right. you're not up there. These to people just want to chat and they just yeah. like, like the, it's not so much that they're listening to music. They like the ambiance that there's like something playing. Yeah. To keep the like... That that like dead air from yeah, being you're there. like a live plant. That's right. Nice. Right. <laughs> you are their little <laughs> corner plant. Right. You're just there to provide oxygen so everyone can yep. breathe in here right. a little bit easier. Right. So and so when they're that. not talking, it's just not like. <laughs> yeah. It's weird looking around. Right. Yeah. And, and it does give people like people on dates who are kind of having an awkward time getting noticed. Right. And they they like, just be like, oh, I can just focus. Right. So I mean, I love music, but if I'm like, if any chance that I'd ever been on like a first date, like. I pick places that are like quiet. Like I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take my first date to go hear a band because like I need to catch up with. Like I want to like yeah. meet you. Yeah, I'm like, trying to talk to you. I'm not trying to yell at you. Right. Right. Hey. Hey. By the time we get to know each other, then we can go. Let's go hear a band. Yeah. Like we can just like chill and like have a good time. Yeah, and, like look bye at bye. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> fucking rocks. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally, man. I'm, I'm the same way, man. It's like I don't. I'm not really looking to take. The girl that I'm trying to get with, like, right. to the rock club. You're like, where there's like 50 dudes trying to. Are you me. having a good time? <laughs> yeah. Yes! <laughs> what? Yeah, right? <laughs> good time! <laughs> what? It's like so awkward. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Um, so this is that cheesy question I like to ask, but it's it's kind of by design. Is there um is there an album or a couple albums that are sort of like um that just 
sort of revolutionized the way you just see music. For some people, it's really easy. They're like right to right. it. Some people, it's like I'm 20 not, different people. I'm yeah. not. I'm not one of those. I mean, what like, are some of those albums that you keep going back to and why? Dude, I, oh, I've I never really had like... I've had trouble like idolizing people. You know, like I've, I've like had friends who are like... I love Eric Clapton. Mm. I'm all. About, I've had friends. I'm all about David Bowie. You know, yeah, I'm like. Yeah. I've never had like that. Per- I've always floated around like like genres and like. There's never been like this profound album. You know, like I went through my Incubus phase. Like I mm-hmm. loved like Incubus for like my high school years and like yeah. listen to those Dude, front Science to back. Science is amazing. Science is like. I mean, out of my Incubus albums, like that I like that would be my favorite album. But like. I've always just hopped around mm. and had nothing like nothing ever just stuck with me through the ages, mm. you know, like it's just so like, honestly, no, like nothing is like, there's never been an album where you listen to it and you're just like, holy shit, this is changes my whole outlook on how music can be done. No more artists, like just of like going through mm. and like going through my phases in life and like discovering new artists mm. have like changed my outlook on the way music can be written or interpreted but like it has never been like this is my album like i go back to this all the time like mm. you know yeah right now man uh, for me it's uh, it's fucking it's miles davis bitches brew for me it's easy yeah. i know exactly where it was you know like that was something that just it, it showed me that music and even art shit that anything you can do anything like anything just do right. it and, and like if there's like real energy and real passion behind it it's like it's gonna be something I right mean, whether it's just something as you record and it's in the box that sits in your closet or it's right so you know but it's something you put your heart into like and, and you can go anywhere um okay that's fair man i've never had anybody be like no yeah. <laughs> which is totally cool i'm the first i'm yeah. not i'm not i'm not mad i'm not judging it i yeah. I, I think that's cool i mean because like because, I mean, it, it, I know that's a hard question for a musician. And I right. know that. I knew that since the first time. It I just seems asked like it. it's putting a lot of pressure on some. For, for me. Mm-hmm. For me, well, it yeah, just like. I know. Like, because I, I also float. Like, the amount of genres of music I've listened to and, like, have been, like, really, like, uh, moved by since, you know, I was just a little kid. Like, it's just been so much. And, like, I went through so many different phases. Yeah, totally, man. From, like, going from, like, a, a scenester phase to, like, a Motown phase mm. within, like, years. Right. Like, yeah, I totally. just kind of hop all over. And, like, no, I, I went from Corn Marilyn Manson to Funk and Soul. Right, and, but, right. But I started at Funk and Soul, too, though, because my father was, like, big band, 70s yeah. rock. Yeah, right, it. right. I started and on jazz. Like, this jazz is was... Stevie Wonder. <laughs> you know, right. and I was like, oh, okay. Right on. Uh, my dad fucking, he, like your dad seems like, he fucking clued me into music really well, but it was from the appreciation aspects. My yeah. dad couldn't play fucking anything with yeah. uh, but he, But he took me to record stores and we would literally devote entire days to digging yeah. through someone's collection just to yep. buy like four records. Right. So like that is like, that's experience that you can, you know, like. Right, right. That, that is perfect. Um, so can we listen to one of your songs? I can edit it in later. Sure. Well, what, what song should we listen to that's out right now off your last EP? Um, wait, are we like linking something to this or? Um, if you're okay with me playing, I was going to edit it in later. Oh yeah. 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 Um, man, 
Well, the title track off my last EP is called In the Clouds. Okay. Um, that seemed to be one that came off the best. Okay. So In the Clouds. So yeah. In the Clouds. Okay, yeah. well, let's listen to In the Clouds off of In the Clouds. Yeah, the In the Clouds uh, EP. Did you just call it Joe Woods? What, what's, how do you find you? Uh, it's, just, it's just like, sol- you know, I just go solo. So it's just like Joe Woods, Joe in the Wood. clouds, in the clouds EP. Okay, yep. cool. So if you're looking for it on Spotify, it's just Joe Woods. Yep. Nothing, nothing, no Joe Woods right. experience. Right, no, nope, just Joe Woods. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's listen to In the Clouds and we'll be right back. The clouds 
You've got your head in the clouds You've got your head in the clouds Oh, it's those short summer days Walk with tonight, I tell myself in the clouds you head in the clouds clouds you head in the clouds you head in the clouds and we're back Wow, <laughs> in the clouds, man. <laughs> no, um, I listened to the album and it was like a week ago, so uh, I don't really remember how this song goes. So, like, can you kind of give me a little bit more on the background of the song? Yeah. Um, so I wrote this like, you know, I got like super into like the uh, wanting to be the rock star, like partied my fucking dick off with my buddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like. Blew a lot of money on drugs I should not have been doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, like, I don't know, maybe had the kind of this kind of epiphany about, like, in the clouds. So this, the song's about, like, in the clouds. Like, uh, the, the, it's like the, the lyrics, you've got your head in the clouds. Mm. like, And it's all about, like, not taking your talent and your career for granted. Mm. And uh, about just, like, spending money on... Uh, you know, on other things other than the bills you're supposed to be paying, right? Or you know, being distracted from your career and taking it for granted and all that. And sweet, right on, and 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 that's all just from experience, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was there ever a point where you kind of lost control with it? With it got close. And drugs. Or yeah, whatever? yeah, it got close there mm. for a little bit, and I I I see you dancing around it. Was there one in particular that kind of sticks out, or or that kind of caught you pretty hard? particular like a drug but you don't have to if you're uncomfortable with that i mean i did cocaine pretty hard there okay. for a while mine was heroin mine was like all right oh, I you, it, yeah you're I'm, an honest man i like that oh uh, if, if you don't i've talked way in too, yeah. way too much ex, in, into this. no i like that but that's, it's only that's because, a good thing but i only say it because like i went real deep in there i was like slamming in my arm yeah. and shit and like I, and i was able to get past it and i think that's the biggest part of this is like for for me the reason why i talk about it as freely as i do is because i feel like anybody listening who might be going through something like that right anytime you see any kind of possibility of, that of a light at the end of the tunnel i think go for it you know so right like, right so i don't care like i haven't done drugs and fuck i i quit drinking in i don't know what was it 111 13 or something i don't know yeah it's been like six or five six or seven years i don't fucking know 
In any case, I haven't really done hard drugs. Although I did do Molly at this Hookahville, which I was so regret. I regretted it. Oh yeah. I'm just now coming out of that. Like it, it really spun me out in a bad way, and like I just will never do that shit again. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking 35. What am I doing at a hippie festival? <laughs> doing Molly in the middle of a fucking field. A bunch of 22 year olds. <laughs> High off my head. <laughs> you know what's funny about Hookahville is like it was all old old heads. It was yeah. all like saggy titties. Oh no shit. shit. <laughs> like, it was yeah, I get Hookahville. I guess you want to see any 20. Two year olds at a well, there was young people because there's young people who are in the scene now who yeah. respect hookah, but like hookah is like old school, man, like, right? For, right for me, anyways, like that. I mean, they were before even me even coming into the scene, but I used to go to all of those hookah, bits. yeah, I used to be super hippie, um, but, but you know, uh, yeah, so so cocaine kind of got a hold of you for a little while, yeah, yeah, it was uh, I shouldn't say it was like some like big scary thing. Thing. It was just. It wasn't like your family had to intervene and. Like, no, no. Losing, your relationship. They knew suffered. about it. Like I mean, they like you know. I wasn't. I've always been super honest with my parents, and like you know, I really didn't have a big problem with telling my mom and dad about it, just because I knew like it was one of my next phases. Mm. You know, another Joe phase going through. Like, <laughs> There's another Joe right, phase. <laughs> that's what I'd say. You know, I always go through these kind of phases, and that's all right. and. Uh, you know, I did it, and it was like, it's like back and forth. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I fucking partied. I fucking had a good time partying. Yeah. But I also, I'm like, ah, that was kind of stupid, Joe. Like, you know. So was it? Did it ever come to the point where it was like it was something you had to have so you could function in life? No, no, not at all. Like you had to wake up. It and was do that this so routine. Could... Like, I had a job. That I worked in kitchens, which are night shifts. Mm-hmm. Worked my night shift. Did a gig. Got off the gig, got some party, stayed up pretty late, slept a little bit, went to the kitchen, get, you know, just like this kind of back and forth, like, yeah. like routine that I kind of fell in. Yeah. And then, it's, you know, you just kind of hit a bottom. You're just like sick of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'm broke again. <laughs> I feel like shit again. Right. Like, I like the, is the... it ever going to just stop? Like you... <laughs> uh, so how long has it been since you sort of... Uh, Fuck, that was years ago. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. You just, like, way over, huh? Probably 2010, 11, oh, 12. Wow. That okay. era was when I was just, like, really just, like, partied my ass off. Yeah. Well, those are, I mean, what, you were in your 20s then, right? Yeah, mid 20s. Mid 20s. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what your 20s are for. Right. That's what I tell fucking kids who are like, man, I fucking drink too much. I was like, well, is your shit getting done? Are you, you, you fucking paying your bills? And fuck, enjoy your life. Just right. don't want to get out right. of hand. It's like that. That's kind of like where I was. Like I kind of had that similar thing where it's like, fuck, what am I doing? Uh, but I was in a house. Like I was like in a heroin den. So like when I'm trying to kick, everybody else in the house right. is like, we're just still doing this. And and so like relief is just a room away. You know, like so right. you're sitting in your room, you're shaking. Ooh. And you're like, yeah. you're, you're having terrible feelings and depressed and just like, and you know, and you can smell it because it travels into your room and you yeah. can smell relief and this pain and this soreness is all, all can just go away. Right, right all there. All you have to do is just walk in the next room and you're good because right. they're your friends. That's who I moved out there with. Right. We all turned into these Oh, man. Junkies. 
and some got out you know a little later than i did but the good thing is that all of us who kind of got deep who came from toledo out there kind of right. was able to get ourselves out of it and i'm thankful so you've been that. asking some pretty personal questions so i want to ask you a personal oh, question please. <laughs> no no don't be sorry oh, i just want to go back and forth because no, i've always fine. wanted this because i've i've I I had a buddy who um, a really close friend who passed away from heroin OD heroin OD, but <clears throat> when he got deep in his addiction, we just like separated. Yeah. And this is a personal question for you. Sure. I hope it's not too personal. <laughs> but it's something fine. that might be kind of sound naive to ask, I just don't understand how people get into a heroin addiction. Um, well, there's multiple ways. Uh, I think one of the very popular ways that this area of the country is suffering is that you get a back injury and then you get overprescribed right. opiates and then you... Which is one I've heard, yeah. Okay, how a kid who likes to party gets into it? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you where my particular... That's yeah, more what I was asking. Yeah, yeah. My particular thing is my father, when I was in senior and high school... My father was ran over by a truck, like backed over his whole left side of body. His last 20 years on earth was just oh awful for him. Like he was still able to move around and watch porn or whatever, but like he fucking, he was, but he, uh, but he was slow and he was like half metal and shit and he was very up and down, but he yeah. got, he, they gave him any, all, all any, the pain meds. I had yeah. access to fucking Percocets and, and fucking, and Oxycontins. Yeah. And so, I mean, it starts off with just me taking a couple and then like and then you start fucking taking more and then there's like a week goes by where you and your friend are just assed out in the basement listening to npr fucking classical music for a week and fucking puking on yourself and just living in this crazy delirium that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) and so that that awesome experience you had uh for me or for any junkie is like you're trying to chase that and and the only thing that really gets beyond that is slamming but that didn't come until later uh but uh yeah so where it comes came from for me was that i had full access i had a whole medicine cabinet full of opiates and uh, so then somebody plants the idea well we could do heroin um yes <laughs> so that i was very against until my one buddy came over to my house one day he was like hey i met this guy in this parking lot and he kind of like fucking i don't know how we got to talking but he was just like he had this powdered thing and he was like dude this is better and it's cheaper than oxycontin gotcha and i was like okay so i took a sniff and i at that point i had seen people like shoot up and it grossed me out I right thought it was the grossest thing like like it made me physically ill and i do not like open wounds and i've seen plenty and have had to clean plenty so like yeah. that shit fucks with me um but like so you just you have this powder and fucking then you have that one friend who is like hey just snort this well yeah we'll snort it and then my one friend who we were hanging out with and actually the first time i ever shot was cocaine which is all amazing really um but like <laughs> but never do it <laughs> right. but it's amazing <laughs> um but yeah, so that was, like, the first time I ever shot up. And then so, like, um, he shot me up, and then we needed him to shoot us up. So then we started practicing on ourselves until we were able to do it because it was so cool. Wow. And then we started shooting up, like, whiskey and fucking, uh, uh, what was it, Xanax. Jeez. And then finally came the time was, like, fucking, well, here's some here's some shit. Let's fucking see what happens. And, and then that, that's just sort of how you start. And that started here. And then I kind of left because of that, kind yeah. of, mostly music, and I was just not happy about right. just my life here. And so, new life, California, sweet. 
Uh, and so we went out there, and for like a year, we were good. We were all just happy, living three blocks. Well, at the time, we worked, uh, walked, uh, lived a block from the beach, and we were just fucking surfing, being young, and right. fucking, you know, doing that. And then, and then the neighbor moved in, and then she started getting into it, and then she started being a dealer. So our neighbor was right next oh, door. Oh man, super house. accessible. Yeah, and then it just turned into this like den of like very close people who were very close but will steal from each other just to yeah. get another fix right it. right it, it you know it gets ugly but but we all climbed out of it and, and and honestly my wife when i met her is was one of the driving reasons i quit because i didn't want to be this junkie who right. met this like amazing person who like was just you don't want to ruin that i don't want to ruin that right. so so that and she's always kind of been the one who pushes me into like stop like stop doing these destructive patterns you right know? right even, even down to like stop talking bad about yourself yeah and like pointing that out like well, hey you that, just called man. yourself stupid you should stop doing that right because you're not stupid no i know i'm not stupid but like sometimes i like hyperboil to be funny so right or hyperbole uh so i'll, I'll call myself stupid just just to make someone laugh yeah i know that's not true but right it's part of the fun i get it um yeah so it, it, it's for me it was just it was always accessible and like no matter where you run from what i learned is no matter what you yeah. run from it's gonna find its way back in your life and it's really you failed once did you learn or are you just gonna keep failing well you seem honest enough not to want to hop back in that Oh, God, no. Jesus Christ. Like, the right. fact that I did Molly, I was kind of ashamed of. And, like, right. I, it kind of took me a couple of days to tell my wife. And yeah. she was just like, ugh. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? You're well, an like, adult. She knows She knows that I still take, like, shrooms and I fucking right. smoke weed. Well, that's pretty natural. Yeah. And, and she doesn't fuck with shrooms anymore. And she's right. she fucking smokes hell of weed. But, like, it's like, those are all things that are... You know, you can kind of wrap your head around, and, and it's not some manufactured thing that someone just sort of cut together in some like right. haphazard right, right. laboratory. It's natural shit. Natural, exactly. So, so like she knows that uh, I'm I'm a fucking cosmonaut in that sense, but like, which I was like Molly, she's like ill, yeah, <laughs> like gross. <laughs> you are gross. Of uh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I I think I think that's one of the things that resonate with people the most is like when you're honest and like you're able to be it is. vulnerable you know i would never ask anybody that question and really? i just met you wow that's interesting you why wouldn't you ask anybody that i mean even if the i just feel like that's like uh that's too personal yeah that's a pretty personal question well, I you mean, know like i mean just well because i went right in for it because i saw you well you did yeah and, and I, I mean like i was gonna respect it but that was like no fuck that i need to know yeah <laughs> what, I mean, what was this dude right. kick because because you know like it tells you me a lot about who you are right when i know what drugs you really like right right and like uppers i mean i was a party boy you're partying yeah. and, and you know it's funny like I was partying real hard and still getting like fucked up on heroin and still just being like out there like, <laughs> you know, and, like when you think of a heroin addict, you see some like sad guy in a right, hole right. in an apartment. Like puking on himself puking and, and just and like, himself, which is part of it. But, <laughs> but if you do it right and you train your body to take in alcohol without rejecting it immediately and puking it up. Right. You can have a, yeah, good time. <laughs> I used to play this game. Uh, I used to play, I would go to the bars all night, drink all fucking night. This is the worst game. No one should ever play this. Disclaimer. 
but yeah i would <laughs> it was just a game i'd play because i was still living with my parents back then i would go to the bar play or like just be out drinking come home and shoot a ungodly amount of fucking dope into my arm and try to make it to my because i used to sit against my door because my door didn't have a lock on it so yeah. in my door i'd be sitting leaned up against it just in case they like try to come in and i have a meal <laughs> <laughs> hi mom um yeah so i would uh I would be like, okay, I got to lean over here and shoot this up. But I'd try to make it to my bed before I passed out. Jeez. Worst game ever. Sometimes I made it, sometimes I didn't. You never – well, that's a stupid question oh, to I've ask. Oh, like, I've fallen out. No, I was saying you never worried about ODing. No. That's a terrible thing to ask an addict. No, that, it's mm-hmm. no, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I was just like, this is tight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really fucked up. This is great. Um, but I have OD'd a few times. Oh, really? Yeah, I've had to have like mouth to mouth and shit, Dang. like people pounding on my chest. And, and actually, my that my friend who did that recently died, and that uh. was really sad because he saved my life. He twice, twice he Man. saved my life. So, yeah, you know, people you drift away from each other, right? And, and then fuck it. I mean, like if it wasn't for that human being, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to right. Joe Woods, right? So, so you you basically just bottomed out and was like, I can't do this. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was any particular rock bottom. I think it was just like, just a constant bit of rock bottom, where I just got old and got older and yeah. got older. And uh, you know, I met a girl. I met a girl. We we dated for you know three or four years. I think she kind of dug me out of that hole. Oh, cool. You know, just like yeah, which was great. You know, yeah. we didn't work out, but. It was, but she was there for a reason. Right. Yeah. I mean, she was going through some... T- we just kind of dug each other out of like a hole together. The relationship in itself was... Uh, I wouldn't say catastrophe, but <laughs> it wasn't a healthy relationship. Yeah. Just in like... Uh, nothing drug-related. Mm-hmm. Just in like us being young and stupid and jealous and... And yeah. like it just didn't work, you know. Yeah, yeah totally, man. I get it. You know? Yeah, I mean, when you're young and dumb and full of cum, like, <laughs> right? how can you keep anything straight? You know, like, no, you can't keep. Just go Eminem on me. I don't know. No, I mean that's a that's a pretty old oh. saying. Young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> I only know that from Eminem. Oh well, it's really old, actually. <laughs> it's, I think it's like some World War Two shit. Oh no, shit. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, this is. I mean, young male, uh, you know, fucking craziness has been right. a problem for years. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out, it turns out that <laughs> young men are fucking animals, <laughs> right? And uh, savages, fucking savages, man. And and like they don't know what the fuck to do with it. Right. Like I don't know, I didn't know what to. I mean, like humans don't even develop their frontal pre prefrontal cortex until fucking they're twenty five. Yeah, and that's where all your like rationality and like. You know how you fucking make decisions and right. shit all come from. So like that, you're not even a full human being until you're right. like 25. You're just like being instinctive. Yeah, yeah. You're tr- really just going off of any chemical that right. flushes through your fucking body. Like, oh god, you know? it's like, oh god, I got a, I got a boner. I got to fucking do something about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so it, it's it's a, it's fucked up being young and trying to figure that out and 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 fuck. I mean, I. I and that's what it's so weird when you fucking ask a, a kid like fucking who's about to graduate high school. It's like, what are you gonna do with your life? What are you gonna be? Right. It's like, well, that's a dude. Story. I don't even know who I am. Yeah, I'm not even a full person. <laughs> right. 
um, leave me alone. But they're not even a full person to understand that right. that's the problem. And we put so much pressure on these kids to fucking have this career mapped out. And it's like, what fucking person? Right. I mean, unless you're like a doctor who fucking knew they were going to be a doctor from the beginning or, or you just knew you're going to be this in your right. life. I mean, some people have that blessing where they just like, I know this is what I'm going to be. And they're great at it. And that's what they should be doing. Right. And they, they prosper and they're whatever. And then most of us are just like, I, I don't know. I just, That's all I knew. I just want to come. I was, like, I was just playing drums. <laughs> yeah, I just, just want to rock out and come. That's it. <laughs> That's all I want to do. I just want to come constantly. Just rock out and jack rock off out. a bunch. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fucking gross. Dudes are gross. It's like, what? It's just like, this is just what we are. It was whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, how, how can you put that much pressure on a kid? Fucking, like, this is the rest of your life. Make a decision, go. Right. And, like, if you don't, then you're somehow doing it wrong. Yeah. It's weird. It is crazy. It is weird. So, uh, do you have, like, a website you like to promote or fucking... Uh, just my Facebook. Facebook? Okay. Joe Woods so, Music. Joe Woods Music. Go there, yeah. follow him. Yeah. I'm sure he'll follow Please you back. Do. I will. Nice, he's a nice guy. I'm all right. <laughs> all right. Oh, you were nice enough to invite me into your home. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming out. This was fucking a blast. And Yeah, I had fun, too, man. It's cool. Yeah, and, and your house is amazing, by the way. Uh, which is like fucking. Which is the biggest fu- the biggest fun part about coming back here is just seeing people my age live in mansions. I don't live when in I, a mansion. Well, <laughs> where I came from, people my age are living in small fucking apartments, yeah. barely squeezing by if they didn't like figure it out. You know. Well, so so uh, it's it, a place it, to call home. Oh, exactly, man. And yeah, okay. Let's just end it. <laughs> I right get on. That. Uh, okay. All right, Joe. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, thank man. You, Give Mike. me the fun, yeah, the fist bump, and fucking. Um, when's your next gig? Uh, my next gig's out of. I play in Finley. Oh, tight. Where yeah. at a brewery? Uh, it's called Alexandria's. Is it a brewery or a bar? no? It's like a bar, like a club Sweet. bar. I, I've been wanting to go to Finley. I've been hearing good things. Like yeah. Well, there's work there. That's all I heard. <laughs> Well, there's that. A couple <laughs> bars. They got downtown. There was a... I interviewed this guy named Mike Bryce. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. He's a jazz guitarist. He, he's Bowling Green crew. Um, he was telling me about it. I don't know. What, see, I'm starting to hold another comment. This is what <laughs> I do. I just st- keep it going. All right. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Joe, uh, I really appreciate you inviting me into your home, your your mansion out there on the south end of Toledo, and uh, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, I know people are a little weird when it comes to their own personal demons that they have to fight, and so anytime anybody reveals that kind of thing about themselves on the show, it's always appreciated because it just... It shows that you're human and, and that, that you're fallible and, and that, uh, that musicians um, shouldn't be worshipped or idled or they should just be appreciated. That's it. Anyways, um, write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Check out the non-barring wasteland that is the WeSpeakEnglishGood.net. Uh, leave a review on iTunes, Potomac, Stitcher soundcloud wherever you get your podcast wherever you're streaming or downloading leave a review share 
do those kinds of things. Let people know. Um, also, go out and get the Rain of Mystique's new The Rain of Mystique's. <laughs> go get Rain of Mystique's new album, 1018, available now on all digital platforms. So iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, fucking YouTube, Google Play, Amazon, uh, all the good shit. Go check that out, and uh, what what do you want? Uh, uh, stop! It's a name of love before you break my heart. A, B, C. It's easy as one, two, three. Simple do baby, A, B, C, one, two, three, baby, let me, girl. <laughs> and that was Bishop. Anyways, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, again, Random Mystique's new album, 1018, available on all platforms. Physical copies available at randommystique.com. R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Okay, guys, I'll see you next week. Uh, I th- who's next week? Shit. I don't even remember who's next week, but it's good, so stay tuned. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. My word was that. Was that. Um... <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>